reputations. It dogs ruin the reputation. Look at this. She's embarrassed yes. to be part of. She well, is. She should be. She should um, be. She's going to have to talk to her dog friends and, and explain yeah. this. This is, this is Donka, our lovely <laughs> dog, who's insisting that she wants attention because Daddy's in the kitchen and she's with me. I am Eric Tenkar. With me, with me on this side, is none other than Bad Mike Battalotto. And, and this means you're watching Talking Crit or or yeah, that you're walking, watching a talking crit that's completely unprepared for anything tonight. But how does that change from any other night, Eric? It doesn't. Uh, it, you know it what? Doesn't. It, it, well, here's the thing, um, folks that have been following along at home, and, and some of you have been. Uh, last week was Thanksgiving. Now, in the infamous wisdom of the ten car, we had two guests last week because I, I couldn't schedule shit, at least not accurately. Then we had Thanksgiving. Um, we had a death in the family, not immediate, but one of my mother's cousins who actually passed away Thanksgiving morning. Wow. So Rich and I were supposed to come to the Poconos Friday. We didn't come up until Tuesday because we had to do the wake on Monday. So things didn't get done. So we didn't schedule a guest for today. They did not. Yeah, well, and we, and we, we have guests. So for those of you keeping track at home, uh, we have um, – Ken Spencer is on our list. Ken Spencer, writer for Frog Out Games, written tons of stuff. He's also an archaeologist, so he's got awesome stories. I mean, how many gamer archaeologists are there out there? Very few who write games. Right. So I talked I talked to Frog God. Yes, Ken Spencer's a go. We've talked to our super awesome pal, Alice Ping, who we haven't talked to in forever, and she's a go for December. So we have plans. It just didn't work out this week. It just didn't work out. We're, we're, I'm still at the beach. Eric's in the mountains. I'm in the Poconos, by the way, as you just saw the Poconos. I'm going to uh, pick up doggy shit. Continue, Mike. Oh, okay. Well, while you pick up doggy shit, I'll slingship shit here. Because that's what I'm good at. Um, Yes. Anyway, so we we do have guests. The month of of, uh, December, we're going to... uh, have Ken, we're going to have Alice, we'll, we'll get a couple other, we'll, get, we'll light up some other people too. Um, we don't necessarily like just to talk to you by ourselves. Oh, I hear him get, oh, it's almost like I can hear him picking up the poop. It's gross. No, 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 no. I, um, I, was, I, was, I was flipping out the wee-wee pit. See, folks, okay. this, this is high-quality entertainment. You don't get this yes. anywhere else. No, no, no. How often do you get a live stream? Would, would, the RPG, would the RPG pundit do this? Nope. Nope. Would not even. No, no, he might just no. go. Oh, the, the cat just. No. One of my cats just pooped in their pan. <laughs> it, it's gonna be stinky. I'll just hold my nose, but yeah. you won't even see him doing it yeah. because. No, he will. He won't change screen. it. No. Just be glad. Won't change that, it on know, screen. I, I thought ahead. I'm wearing pants because that would have been. Yeah. Could Venger pick up poop? Would Venger pick up poop on screen? Nope. He, he's not gonna do that. Venger's too high class. Unless, it's, unless it uh, could be green. If it's green, maybe. maybe. <laughs> It's green goop. Look what just came oh. out of fire. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. And God knows what Raggy would do if somebody pooped. He would. I don't know. He'd write he'd an adventure a, about he'd, it. He'd make a book out of it. Yes. It, it yeah. Would be, there'd be an adventure written about it, and so then we. Yeah. Donkey so yes, eats, we don't. Donkey eats shit would be the name of the book. Oh, and, and then, yeah, I would probably yeah, and, and people would rave about it. Say, oh, this is great stuff, man. This is. How did, how did you think of this? Wow, this is amazing. Uh, I, um, I was no. by well, hello, David. Oh, I haven't talked to David. David, you haven't talked to David in a while. Oh, maybe he was here. Was he here last week? I can't remember. Maybe not. 
Um, so, folks, so this is what you you paid the big bucks for, which you love. This is an unscripted episode of Talking Crit. We're, 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 we're talking about unscripted to... episodes, but now this one yeah. is special because, A, I don't have my virtual green screen because I am in the Poconos, all right? In the kitchen, mm -hmm. in the Poconos, framing myself with the door, and Mike is uh, on the beach. Well, not literally. Yes, on the, beach. the beach is behind me. About 100 yards. You could throw a football and hit the beach from where I'm at. Uh, I won't open the screen because the beach is loud. You know, beaches are loud. Yes. You, you, I mean, they're they're very loud. That that surf is loud. And But, I, man, I tell you what, that to me is like a lullaby. I can sit out that porch and I will fall asleep. I love the beach. I've been coming out here since I was one year old. I just, oh, I, you know, it doesn't bother me at all. I have people go, you can't, don't you hate how noisy it is? No, I love how noisy it is. It's great. I can live here easily. I may live here. You never know. Someday. Uh, speaking of which, there's a convention center on South Padre Island, and Ooh. I have been been slowly looking at the idea of what I would like to call BeachCon for when I retire in a few. When my wife retires, actually, in a couple years, and uh, just so happens the months of November through February are off season. Rates are cheap, and the weather right now is high of 79, low of 70. So That's screw all those cons up in the Great White North during the winter. How would you like to come con? to the beach? Would you like to come to the beach in November, December? Uh, you know, think about uh, it. Here, we're going to compare it then to Gary Con real quick. Uh, how long a drive oh. from the airport is it? How long a drive? Oh dear, it's thirty minutes, thirty-five minutes. Oh, oh. That, wait, yeah. thirty-five minutes from the airport. Gary Con is about fifty-five minutes an hour. All right, oh so it's already winning on that. Um, the temperature will uh, be in the 70s. Gary Khan will be 17. Oh, dear. Yes. Uh, weather, you, you might uh, – today it was blue skies, No, no, not a cloud in the sky, not a breath of wind. Now, it did rain a little bit last week. You, you can get rain this type of year down here, um, but it's, a, it's not a cold rain. It's not a – it's just a warm, little warm tropical rain. Um. Yeah, I, I, the the where this the convention center is right across. So it's on the what they call the bay side. The island's only gosh, it's only a few hundred yards wide. Really, it's not that wide. Maybe half a mile. Um, it's probably two miles long. So there's hotels on the bay side and the Gulf side. Um, the convention center is on the bay side. There's right across the street. There's a Hilton. There's a La Quinta, and there's a Marriott right across the street. Um, the Marriott's brand new, very nice. Really? Um, and you get and you you get what's called off season rates, which means instead of your room being one hundred and fifty dollars a night, it's like eighty bucks ooh, because ooh, ooh. people Gee, no, nobody's here. So it's cheap. It's cheap. So I've been throwing this idea around for a couple of years, mainly because the first year we came down here, there was actually a film festival at the convention center on the island, and the hotel we were staying at was the official official con hotel and. If I had wanted to, I could have looked up the director for the Twilight series because she was staying at the hotel, but I never, I wasn't interested enough to look her up. Um, that was their, that was their big star for the weekend. But they, they had a convention there, and I was talking to one of the guys and one of the break room, not one, whatever, one of the the, the breakfast room right. about going to the con, and he was talking about how cheap everything was. Like, oh yeah, we have it here because it's so cheap, and apparently they have a film convention here every. Either December, January, February, they try to plan one here, and so um, yeah, it's. And I thought, oh, that's a 
good idea. That's a nice little convention center here. So I, I could do so this. just keep that in mind. A couple years, I'm going to start working on this. It, it wouldn't be a big con at first, maybe a couple hundred people, but you fly into a lot of places, fly fly straight down to either Brownsville or Harlingen, or you fly to DFW, and from DFW, you make a connection. Right. I flew straight when I flew, went to Long Con a couple weeks ago. I flew straight from uh, American Airlines, goes straight through to uh, uh, DFW Airport. And it was like, I think a round trip ticket was about three hundred dollars, but I, I made it. La- I made it kind of last minute. If I'd have planned ahead, I could have got a lot cheaper than that. So, so just percolate that in your head. And think about it. I think will, about I you will, know. I will definitely percolate that. Now, since we're talking about conventions, uh, something happened. Was it today or yesterday? Something happened with North Texas. I think. Yes, it was today. Thank you. Wow, it's almost like that we paid you to mention that, which we didn't, but. No, no, um, I, your, I, your check I, is I in your checks in the mail. My, yeah, I don't get so paid for that, my responsibilities. I don't thanks to uh, thanks to my buddy Gary Oliver, uh, he said he would have uh, ticket sales up December first, and lo and behold, December first, he was able to open up the tabletop events page, and we have already sold about 50, 50 or more tickets to uh, North Texas next June, June second through fifth. Nice. Um, they are on sale, tabletop events. The problem is finding it. I just went to look for it, and Gary has not put a keyword in yet. So North Texas doesn't do anything. North doesn't do anything. NTRBG kind of doesn't do anything. So you actually have to go to the time, which is June, to look for it. But it is there. It's just uh, he hasn't set up a keyword for it yet. So you have to work for it. Right, but, yes, yes North, yeah, tabletop events, uh, you can buy your ticket to – North Texas, if you buy it this month, I believe there's a 30, 30 or 40% discount. I can't remember. It's a huge, it's a huge discount. Now, yeah. folks, uh, I'm going to speak as somebody who loves the con. I am not part of the con, but it is my excuse to go to Texas every year and be part of a larger family. If you don't need the discount, mm-hmm. you can pass on a discount and consider like you're giving a gift to the con. Yes, so you do not have to take the discount. Tickets are $90 for the entire weekend, and if you show up June 1st, that's like a bonus day. That's called the pre-con, get it on. That's a bonus day. So really, you're getting first, second, third, fourth. You're really getting five days of con. Um, And for $90, that's a pretty good price. Uh, But if you want to help the con out, because we are a small con, um, we're not financed by uh, Doug Ray anymore, who passed away this year, Um, you have the option of de- of deciding you don't want to take the discount, which would look, if you need the discount, we want you to take it. If you're taking right. two kids and you got two hotel rooms and a wife and this and that, and you're going to be strapped for cash, please take the discount. We really, we would love you to take the discount. Um, if you are rich like Tenkar, you know, and you've well, got, you're basically not, just lighting not, cigars not, and hundred dollar bills. No, I'm not, not, I'm not rich. And I, don't no, smoke no. cigars, let alone one hundred dollar no. bills. However, um, usually most years I generally punt and don't remember to sign up for the con until like I don't know February, March, April. And then it's like, oh crap, I got to do this before registration for the games actually goes live. And then I'm like, oh, I'm paying full mm-hmm. boat anyway. I'm probably gonna make sure you guys get the money early so you have the money to use earlier. Because that's part of the reason why you resell your tickets. However, like I said, uh, I'm actually. Hopefully, we're going to be sponsoring a room. 
with the money. Oh, now that, that that's that's nice, and we have we have a lot of people wanting to sponsor this year. That's great. If you want to sponsor, uh, contact myself or Gary Oliver. You don't have to just sponsor a room. You can sponsor. You want to sponsor the the serving girls for a day. That's usually about two hundred dollars for a day sponsorship. If you want to sponsor, you can sponsor all kinds of stuff. I mean, you can sponsor, you sponsor the midnight you? auction. God knows you why you would want to be associated with the midnight auction. Well, I'm going to probably dressing for the midnight auction. So <laughs> I mean, that's that. you can. Oh yeah, we like to dress up, Eric, always. But yes, you can sponsor the midnight auction. There's any of the events we have, you can sponsor. So um, yes, we would love. You know. If you want to save the $27 or the $30 and, and the 30% off, uh, please, like I said, please take it. We That's why it's there. But if not, um, yeah, go ahead and, and say nope. And, I, you know, I don't know if you if I told you this, Eric, or if you noticed, but, or if you noticed Gary had posted about this, I think nobody had taken the discount um, uh, up until, you know, I don't know, an hour ago. We looked and not one person had taken the discount, which is which is right. awesome. Absolutely. We don't expect that. And we don't, we don't, I mean, you can do, like I said, we don't really care if you do or not, but that's, that's wonderful. That is amazing. So thank you very much, everybody. Um, we did release a preliminary guest list today. Um, this is what we're going to have three waves of guests. Cause it's just fun to do it that way to say, here's some guests. And then maybe a few weeks later, we're going to release more Then after that, even more. Instead of just throwing them all out there, because one of the things about North Texas, we have a lot of special guests. We, we have almost 10% of the people attending our convention are special guests. So rather than release them all in one giant big puppy pile of guests, we like to stagger the release. So the first wave of special guest names were released today, and it includes Alan Hammock. Um, well, we're gonna, we'll do old school than new school. So old school, we all have right. Alan Hammock, uh, Christopher, Chris Clark, Christopher Clark, Jeff Easley, and Zeb Cook. That's our that's our old school contingent there. New school, for those of you who was who were with us last week, you you might know this because these were the two gentlemen on our show. Uh, we have James Shields, Levi Combs, uh, Jason Brown, Casey Christofferson, uh, Alex Kamer, Bill Webb, Skeeter Green, and Jeff Telanian. Um, nice. So those twelve gentlemen are our first uh, wave of special guests. We have two more waves to follow and. Yes, we're going to mix it up. We're going to have some women there. I, I, I miscalculated and put any of our female guests on the first wave. I apologize. We do enjoy female guests. We just, I just screwed. That was, that's my screw up. I should have thrown in a few of the lovely ladies uh, the first first wave, but I didn't. So Bad Mike. By, by the way. My I, bad. Yeah, my bad. Bill, Bill Barsh wants to know if sponsorships are going to be on tabletop events, TTE. Yes, they, yes. If they're not there now, they will be. Um, if you want to sponsor something in particular, uh, contact us and let us know. Like I said, uh, we'll, we'll take any ideas. I, somebody last year talked about sponsoring the Midnight Auction. I thought that was great. Um, and we could do some really fun stuff with that, uh, which mostly would probably end up in re result in your, you being sponsored, you sponsoring the official event. That's making fun of you the entire Midnight Auction. <laughs> wow. But, <laughs> but yes. Um, the sponsorships, if not available yet, will be. They're going to run for anywhere from two hundred to five hundred dollars. So we'll uh, we will let you know what that involves, what you get out of it, and what you can sponsor. We just have not set that up yet. A lot of this stuff is waiting for me to get back in town. I'll be back in town next week, and we'll be able to start setting this stuff up, and working it up. So we we appreciate sponsorships also. That that really helps us out. Yeah. All right. 
the tavern in its uh, capacity as tavern chat, talking crit, and the blog side. Uh, the intention is to sponsor a room which we can then turn into the weekend. That's right. And why do you have to sponsor that room? Because, uh, you because lost, well, you didn't lose a bit. We didn't lose anything. We just we, we got a uh, we had a thousand uh, subscribers. Actually, we're subscribers eighty one right now or eighty two. Whoa, we're we're marching on. We keep marching on, folks. And that's, and, and and the fact that you all and, and by the way, Mike, I noticed today that people know that we're always late because we didn't have a single <laughs> viewer until like we were two minutes in. So people like, oh, minute run. oh man, that's terrible. Yeah, that's. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna just finish using the bathroom. Let's have my bladder before I even turn yeah, this thing let's on. Let's go to the bathroom before these these guys aren't gonna be on time. Yeah, no, so so yeah. We, yes, sponsorships info info will be up. Um, so yes, just just uh. Uh, stick so we're, I'm really excited because I I'm really really glad Gary Gary's awesome Gary Oliver is just an amazing person I he is he is very he very much um, downplays his, his uh, contributions but honestly this couldn't happen without him I I couldn't do what Doug did I, I don't know how to do that stuff he's he's the guy that does all the computer stuff and thank goodness Gary you know is helping is doing all that because I couldn't do it I'm the schmoozer I'm the schmooze guy. I'm the guy that goes out there and glad handles all the special guests and and talks to you idiots out here and gets you guys all pumped up and does all the does go. all the pub and does all the you know all the publicity stuff. That's that's me. That's my job. You know. Hello, okay. Ty. Hello, David. Hello, Craig. Uh, Good to see Ty with is us. here again. Before not twice, across, two weeks in I, a row. Early. I'm, ex I'm, I'm expecting that something strange. I'm worried happen. that he doesn't have enough work. Maybe he's not working enough right now. I'm kind of worried. Uh -oh. Maybe he could, doesn't have a case. Be. You know, he could, hasn't could. been able to sue any sue anybody lately or something. I don't know. He's having some. Maybe he's having tough times. I don't know. I'm kind of worried. Somebody sue somebody. Get this man some money. <laughs> somebody have an estate because somebody do some estate stuff. He needs. He needs it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> He agrees. Oh, that's that's not good. That's bad. Oh no. Well, it's, it's, um, it's good luck for somebody coming up because it means that <laughs> tag you're it. Uh, so yes, yeah, so the tickets went on sale today. I'm so excited. I cannot wait to get back home and start doing con related stuff because this is going to be a very special year. Uh, this will be the first year after Doug has passed, and so we're going to really just absolutely make this just amazing it's going to be an amazing there will not be a dry eye in the place folks it's just going to be that kind of a con i think because yeah everybody's going to want to come and hang out and just and share stories and just have a great time so um we do have a 500 uh attendee cutoff uh apparently we're already one-fifth of the way there or close to one-fifth of the way there so i can't do math I, the math is it's 50, hard me, if it's so. 50 you're one-tenth yeah, the, the math is tough for you're me, doing yes. racial math and that she's about yes. as good as you are so it's okay I'm, so I, I, I learned to live with it <laughs> so that's only one day in one day in we've already got that's about 50 or 60 people so we're doing okay and so um we don't like to turn people away at the door but if we get over 500 we would have to because it it's a it's a limited space no gaming so. for you no, so please go out uh, the back and use a food truck though. And, and, and the best it. part of it is, you can buy a ticket this year, and if you don't use it, you can roll it over to next year. So there's no reason not to buy a ticket. Zero, zero reason not to buy a ticket. If if the Omicron variant comes and and it's really terrible, and we decide that we can't have people this year, no problem. You just roll it over next year. If aliens invade sometime in late May and 
you're glued to your TV set watching aliens talk about, you know, how they're going to eliminate all and some whatever they're going to do. Um, and then you decide you just can't go to North Texas. Guess what? You can roll it over. If Charlie's Angels has a reboot, you know, and, and you just have to, you know, you just can't wait to go see the new Charlie's Angels movie and it's the same weekend as the con. Well, roll it over. Roll it over. If you boarded it too many times, I don't think we want to see any more Charlie's Angels. <clears throat> so we got two questions for you. Well, yes. I'll take answer one. Yes, we're talking about North Texas. Yes. And then uh, Todd wants to know if you can post a link in chat. You might uh, need I, to send me the link. I'll send you the link, and, and Eric can post it. I'm going to send the link to the Tabletop Events page. You do have to be a member of Tabletop Events, I believe. I don't think you can just go there unless you're a member and you've already logged in. Uh, yes, I'm going to send Eric. I will send Eric a link. And then um, we do not – our regular web page is still down. We're going to re – re rebuilding it from the ground up because really it was uh, – it had issues, and it was – so of all the wonderful things that Doug did, he was very bad about about updating stuff that worked. You know, it works. Who cares? And so our web page literally looked like it came out of 1999. It, oh, it was, was web, web 2.0. It was terrible. And so we we a couple years ago, we decided we were going to redo it. Doug got really sick. We never redid it. And um, we just finished. We just took it. It was so bad. We just took it down. It was embarrassing, really. So for right now, uh, everything is through the Facebook page. If you go to Facebook, uh, I'll, I'll even I'll send you a Facebook link too. Uh, everything's through the Facebook page right now. That's where you get your new information. Or go to the Tabletop Events page, and there will be more Tabletop Events um, information as it comes. Uh, but right now, we just have it up just enough so we can take tickets and stuff. But yes, yeah, so the the Facebook page is really where all the heavy lifting's done. And I understand if you don't like Facebook, that's great. You don't want I don't like it either. The only place I really ever post is the North Texas RPG Con page. I don't even I don't usually post on Facebook period or any on my own page or anything. So um, uh, if you want to if you're on Facebook, just go to the North Texas page. Don't bother with all that other garbage going on on Facebook. It's it is garbage. And we don't do Twitter, so no Twitter. Right. Sorry. Uh, as for getting Tim Cask onto the chat. Listen, Tim and I, uh, back in the days when I was looking at uh, the uh, the Gary Gygax Memorial Fund uh, issues, Tim and I were talking pretty much on a weekly basis. Uh, I don't know if Tim is traveling as much to cons these days as he was. North Texas might be out of his out of his general. I'm gonna. I'll, I will ask Tim. I, I don't know. I know that is. Time has gone on. T Tim is, hasn't missed a con. He he did miss. Well, I take it back. He missed the last couple of years. Uh, two years ago was because of uh, COVID. No, did he come? He didn't come last year, did he? No, he didn't. I don't remember, I don't remember I, hearing. He missed the last couple of years because of COVID issues and other problems. Um, but yeah, he's been a very loyal supporter of the con. He's been he's come since year one. But he is having issues getting around. I know he has a little one of those cool little wheelchairs to get around on now. Um, but we will talk to Tim and see if we can possibly get him to come. Um, we do, we have, there's a lot of people we haven't talked to yet. Um, I heard from, I, I'm just going to, oh, this is, a, I'm just going to throw you this bone for people who are watching the show. Um, Jeff D contacted me today and said, Hey, I just wanted you to know that I know I haven't made the last two cons, but I'd love to come to the con now that Corona's not quite as, um, as prevalent. And I said, well, consider yourself and you, and Amanda, you both are, guess the con so 
next wave we'll have we'll have Jeff D and his wife Manda there and um Jeff has some I, th- I believe oh gosh if I'm wrong I, I don't want Jeff to get mad but I believe Jeff has some um uh issues with uh immunity and stuff and he he has to he has had to be be very careful during covid and so he has not got anywhere <laughs> or done anything really during covid um so yes we we told I told Jeff we'd love to see him and Manda there and so um there's two more guests for your special guest oh i, I let me throw you another bone what the hell right um so I talked to greg, Gillespie, greg gillespie did this greg gillespie's going to be a guest also special guest greg is making the <sighs> trip from the great white north you know what nothing, for the nothing, first time screw, in many years screw greg his fantasy football team <laughs> kicked my ass oh he destroyed you this week i was on a five game winning streak i was there to oh. crack the top two and then Greg comes along and fucking sucker punches. Me Eric, my team is so bad this year. It's so bad. It's so I'm ten, I'm in last place in our league. It's and I, I want you to know, I'll I'm in first place in two of my other leagues. I'm in five leagues every year, and I'm in last place this league, and I'm so embarrassed because my other leagues are pretty. I mean, like I think I'm in second place in one league and third place in another, and the other ones I'm kind of okay, but this league I just. I just absolutely screwed the pooch. I, um, all my running backs got hurt at the beginning of the year. My quarterbacks stink. I'm just I suck. But but yeah, Greg is um he absolutely destroyed you this week. I don't oh, know. I was, didn't see this. I don't know what happened to your team. My team he, collapsed. Yeah, he they was, did. Listen, on, on Thanksgiving Day, he sends me a PM. He's like, uh, I'm giving you the, the, the this week's game. I go, what do you mean? Have you seen how shitty my team with you know one of my players are playing? He goes, "You've got this." I'm like, "Yeah, it isn't over till it's over." No, before, before Thanksgiving was done, it was pretty much over. Mm, it was all over. Not the way you expected. I, well, I only have three wins this year, and two of them are against Greg, which is hilarious. And boy, that bur- if you don't think this guy likes is a competitive guy, that absolutely burns his ass that I beat him twice this year with with my crap ass team. So that so. Yep. Make yourself feel better with that, Eric. I beat him twice this year, and I laughed about it both times. He got, he just got so upset because his. I mean, you know, my, my I, team. I feel, I just, I feel it's a smidgen better, a smidgen, not a, not a huge yeah. amount. Just, just. But we're not, we're not here to talk fantasy football, or no. Uh, or, or although, although I, I, we're not here to talk North Texas. Although that, thank you for talking. Well, and we're probably going to talk North Texas a bunch in the next few months as we as more stuff comes up, and we we're going to have some auctions to help support the con. We're gonna, you know, just we're gonna have all kinds of other stuff too. But we're here to talk about gaming and some fun stories in gaming. And and Eric threw two stories at me today that I think we could do a lot of talking about. I was really both those. I, I kind of knew about them on the periphery, and then he threw them at me, and I was like, "Whoa, yeah, yeah, that's something fun to talk about." Um, so let's talk about the gift one first. You want to talk about oh. about that one first? Yes, let me because we often you're you're often so if you're a gamer, this is that time of year when people really don't know what to get you, right? Because you're you probably have a little bit of everything already, and so you always get these really well-intentioned gifts that don't you don't really need. Um, and we're going to give you some ideas for gifts this year, right? And it's and but we're going to show you what you probably shouldn't get somebody. Exacto Mundo. Now this list is up on N World, and I talked about it briefly yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse me, but if one of my players gave me a, a, a jewelry box, 
Oh. Jewelry box, 76 pieces, mm. D&D accessories. It's a great title, by the way. For 14 bucks, if you gave me this shit, um, I'm sorry, but what happens to your character happens to your character. <laughs> I mean, not, not, not for nothing. I mean, that, if that's how highly you think about me, uh, <laughs> that, that's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah, that's so. Read over with this. This is what. So obviously, in world was this is paid advertising. So somebody said, "Hey, this is great." And it, and so I looked at this and I thought, "This is a great gift for for your kid or grandkid who just turned sixteen or seventeen or eighteen and has nothing. They are just starting from scratch and they want to be a GM." And you say, "Here you go, kid. Here's a GM starter kit." I get this to Shannon. She's going to be 11. She'd enjoy yeah. that. If you're over the age of 21, this is going to be useless, and we'll tell you why. So we're, we're going to go over these one there's by one. More, there's, a few, there's a few more choices here. Um, okay. There's a Cuzdy Bamboo Dice Tower. Now, the okay. price is $19, so the price is certainly right for your cheap fuck of gamers that you are. But you know, your group's going to go and, and all pour money in. So this is what, uh, like $3 a head? Uh, if you're gonna buy your GM yeah. a dice tower, my experience: if you if you like dice towers, you already own them. And yes. If you don't, if you don't like dice towers, you will never use. You them. You don't need this. Yeah. So you either already have a dice tower if you're our age, or you don't need this dice tower. And so, yes, this is completely useless. Most dice tower, and that was one of the things we talked about while we were at GameholeCon, was that the the tables that were selling the 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 vendors selling the dice towers. We're not doing very well at the con. And I think a lot of that's because you only need one dice tower, maybe right. two. And so once you go to the booth and you buy a dice tower, you're, you're through. That's it. You're, you're, yep. you're finished. You walk on to the next booth. And, yes, I, I have more dice towers than you could swing a stick at. Don't need another one. So look at this wonderful bronze 60-sided die. First off, I don't have any tables for 60-sided no. anything. <clears throat> it's a twenty-four dollar die. Um, it looks wonderful. I'd never use yeah. it. It looks yeah. cool. It looks hey, at least you can see the numbers. I like the fact you can see the numbers. We, we, you know what? You're right. And we're gonna go. We're gonna go beyond that and show you stuff that yeah. you can't see the numbers on. Because my one of my pet peeves is when you can't see the numbers. It drives me insane. Now, coming from somebody who's backed a number of Kickstarters for fantasy coins because I think they're cool. I collected coins when I was younger. I still have my collection of collectible U.S. coins. I really do enjoy them. However, it's never going to become part of the game session. I'm not going to pass this shit out to my players. I will hoard it myself, but means nobody else is going to benefit from it, and nobody's going to see it. So it's uh, personally, it, it's it's a waste. Yeah, and that's yeah, that, that, that looks like something that looks like a really cool idea, but once you just dump it out on the table and says, Here's what you get paid for your assassination, and then you got a big pile of metal crap on your table. Okay, right. Great. You gotta get back awesome. to the DM because yeah, yeah. it's it yeah, thirty five dollars. Not interested. Yeah, not interested. And why it says five nope. E compatible role playing coins <laughs> and all right, it's not here. <clears throat> no, no. Um, all right, so here's the thing. And I've, I've done this. I've used affiliate links. I use affiliate links. I don't have an issue with it, but at least give a reason why people should be excited about this. There's no reason I can see 
for them to be excited about that. Now, here's here's one, which again falls into what category, Mike? Uh, you, you already uh, you already own it and don't need another uh, one, or you will never yeah. use it and don't need one. Yeah, once again, this is the same as the dice tower. Either you already have something to hold your dice, and it works perfectly well, um, or you don't want this one, and you'd rather just buy one that you pick out yourself because I, I mean, this one looks, I mean, I, I guess, it, you know, I'm going to change my mind on this one a little bit, Eric. I, I was dissing it earlier when we looked through it. I, I think this is a pretty good one because it does have little spaces to put your dice and stuff. But once again, I've already got something to hold my dice. I don't need this. I mean, it looks, I guess it looks cool. And if you're an 18 year old kid and you're DMing for the first time, you yeah. would love to have something like this. This is a big, Oh, this is so cool. Dad. Thanks. This is awesome. But I mean, but yes, if you're I, over the age I of have, 21, you don't need this. I have dice trays, and I'll be honest with you, it's a cool idea that mm-hmm. doesn't get used. It just clutters up the table, so you wind up not bringing it. Yep. So now this is the one Mike and I uh, had a discussion over prior. <clears throat> we we disagree a little bit. I I don't that's because I don't use tokens even in my VTT playing. Right. But yes, for a new player, Mike made a good point. This is probably cool, and it's compact. Yeah, those are cool. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a mini guy. I, I don't use tokens. I I have, oh, God, hundreds of minis. Some most painted, some not painted. But hundreds of minis. I got some of the plastic Watsy minis. But if you don't have any minis and you don't want to do minis, because, look, once again, let's go back to our hypothetical 18-year-old. He probably li- Maybe he lives in a college dorm. He doesn't have room. He can't carry around his giant box of minis. Tokens are great. Tokens will work just perfectly fine for you. So I, I don't think this is too terrible. Uh, $40 is, is a lot for – I don't, I don't know how many tokens you get. Hope, hopefully you get a lot of tokens for 40 You know what? I'm gonna, I, listen, I'm not that I'm here to sell anything this Pathfinder, but get the Pathfinder beginner box. I think they have one now for Pathfinder 2. Uh-huh. You'll have more tokens that are D&D compatible than you'll ever need in your whole life. Oh, yeah. And you get a complete game with it too. And, a G, and, a, and probably a GM screen. So I think uh, that uh, I don't know. No, I do not. I think I, I, once again, if if space is a consideration, and if somebody doesn't have minis, I think that that's a good choice. That's a good. Okay, this much, is this is on my shit list. You can't read. This is on my shit list because what did I say I like about dice, Eric? I got to be able to read like the dice. To be able to read the numbers. I cannot fucking read these numbers. I don't know no. if that guy just across the table from me rolled a one. Did he roll a 10? Did he roll a z- I don't know what the fuck he rolled because I can't see him. Because, and, you know, so these are little things that look, it always strikes me as these seem like a great idea. They look awesome. You're never going to really use them because they're crap. You can't By see By the them. way, David Thompson makes an excellent point. Best Christmas gift to give your DM is to turn up on time every session. Amen. Amen. Sorry, as hosts, we don't show up on time for every one of our chats. We understand that. Listen, forgive us. We know not what we do, and we know what we can do, but we don't do it. So, Mm. live with it. You get what you pay for. uh, The dice, yeah, out on the dice. Um, So, this looks like a miniature holder. Yes. Which, okay, if you have miniatures, look, I've got miniature holders, so... Once again, if you are a young starting out DM, you don't have this, it's great. I have like 16 of these. I don't need another built-in hero vault. I've got tons of them. 
by the way, but, Wild but, Time made, you know. made a point. It was a buck a token. Oh, that's a terrible deal. That's yeah, no, nah, I'm not too I'm kind of out on that then. It should be they shouldn't be a buck a token. I, I would say for 40 bucks, you should get almost a hundred tokens. Seriously, really. I mean, come on. I mean, there are so, now again <clears throat> for your DM. Well, you you have so many miniatures because you know you usually it's like what a, a tackle box, right? Or yeah. it's a pool box. I've got some of those big. I guess the, I guess the Chessex Chessex makes great miniature boxes. I don't know if they still do, but I bought a whole bunch back in the day. I have these beautiful Chessex boxes that are hard plastic and they've got that all that. Um, foam in there and they're great and i i love those things now they do get heavy when you pile them up um but they're they're perfect 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 and this but, is this I mean, kind of just the same thing 90 bucks for this but yeah you can hold yeah, your, that's too much expensive. so now so now that we've shown you what you probably shouldn't waste your money on, but again i understand all the articles <laughs> there the article is full of affiliate links it's on right. Yeah, they're All making right. money on this. And and I will once again issue the caveat. If it's a first-time GM, he like I said, a 16-year-old kid, he said, Dad, I want a GM. Those are great, all those are great presents for the just starting out kid, except for the illegible dice. Don't get them those. Those are terrible. Um, but yes, they're they're that's a great thing. So we're gonna tell you what you really need to get your thing. And and Eric and I at a number one top of our list has decided the number one thing you can get that everybody loves everybody can use is a gift card yes gift cards are wonderful you can use them to buy modules you can use them to buy miniatures you can use them to buy hardcover rule books you can use them to buy anything we just saw except guess what you get to choose the person who gets the gift card gets to choose right and that you don't have to guess what they may or may not need and it allows them to uh, uh, listen Gift cards are great, and you can do drive-through RPG. You can do Amazon. Heck, if your if your GM is uh, running a VTT, <clears throat> you can get a gift uh, subscription to Roll Twenty, or get them something else for whatever the VTT that you uses to enhance the game for everybody. Every time you make something easier for your DM, mm -hmm. you make it more pleasant for everybody yes. else in the gaming group. There's a trickle down to that one. Yeah, and if you don't, and if you don't want to, you think, oh, gift cards too generic. How about a gift card to drive through RPG? So they have to spend yeah. it on games. You, you know, it's not just generics. Like, look, look, all DMs love. We we're like kids in a candy store when you give us credit for drive through RPG. Really, because you get to go in there and go, oh, I'd like to look at this raggy module, but I don't want to actually buy it and have people see me reading it in public because it's got I'll get the vaginas on the cover. I'll get the PDF or anything like that. Sometimes you just want to try something. I, I've done that before. I've gone there like, oh, I'd really like to check this one out, but I don't really want to spend 10 bucks. Yes, a $100 or $50 uh, gift for drive through RPG is great because then they can yep. go there and pick out exactly what they need because you don't know. I mean, you don't know if they want Temple of Elemental Evil. You don't know if they want, you know, well, you, first you, edition, you second might, edition. You might know, hey, maybe your group has been talking about, hey, we'd like to play, and, and forgive me for saying these words, we want to play the next Adventure <coughs> Pass. <coughs> I almost <laughs> choked on that. Yeah, that's a tough one. Oh, tough God. One. I, I, here, Adventure Pass. Oh, wow, I can say it now. Um, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe you, maybe the group knows what they would, or maybe you want to try out a new RPG. Maybe you want to try out the aliens RPG. They all discussed it, right? Yes. 
Well, Everybody hey, talks about it. it. Sounds awesome. Yeah, I'd love to. Hey, check Mike, that out. you mentioned how you wanted to run this for us, but you couldn't afford to buy it. Well, we bought it for you, yeah. and maybe uh, come the new year, we'll get a chance to play it. It's something for the whole group. One of the best presents I ever got, and this is totally unexpected, was this is back in the '90s. My group bought me Dragon Mountain, the the old TSR box set, Mega Dungeon. Now I'm embarrassed to say I didn't run it for the group <laughs> because I was, but. It, our adventure paths at the time did not take us there because we were running a, an undermountain campaign, but that was a great gift. Cause I didn't have it. It's like, it was like at the time, I guess a 40 or $60 box. And it's pretty expensive, but I would have, if they would have demanded, I ran it for them. I would have, because they took all the time to buy it for me. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll run this for you if you want me to. Um, so I apologize to my group. I never ran Dragon Mountain, but, but yeah, it, it, something like that would have been great back then. Just a gift certificate to the local game store and said, Hey, here's something, Go get you, you know, go get us something you want to run for the group. I would have definitely used that. That would have been awesome. Uh, I'm going to throw another gift in there that, that, that you might not think about that I just thought of, Eric, because Bill Barsh just reminded me of this. What? So when we game, we we always meet on a Saturday, at the, and the, one of the first things we do is we go, what's for lunch? Unless you're my brother who had a heart attack two years ago, and he brings a, a bag full of celery sticks and carrot sticks and just God knows what rabbit food because he has to watch his heart. The rest of us, after about three hours, go, man, we are hungry. What are we going to get? Pizza, Chinese, and snack. How about a gift card for the local restaurant that you eat at every Saturday? Right. So if you have a local Domino's, or if you always get Domino's every time, or you get Pizza Hut, or you get, I don't know, Bill Barr said Chipotle, which I, I don't think yeah. of that. Anymore. I think take out, but you know. Yeah, a, but yes, um, a lot better, that's a, a lot great gift. Mexican food than I can find at Chipotle. Oh God! But that's you know what's great about that too is if you get your DM a gift card to Pizza Hut, maybe he might buy it for the whole group, and then you get to benefit from your present. You know, get him a fifty dollar gift card for Pizza Hut next time you game. He gets yep. pizza for everybody, and he has to pay for it because he's the one with the gift card. It's perfect. It works out well. David Thompson oh. says that his local RPG shops do their own gift cards, and that is true. I think if you're in New York, the that's a good one too. Yeah, does mine does too. I mean, mine, my my local comic store, game store does their own gift cards. It's awesome. Yes, it's it's a great way to give back to your DM and get something useful out of it. Honest to God. Those metal dice, I have metal dice. They're cool. I have metal dice that look like they were shat out by some monster from one of uh, James Raggy's <laughs> adventures, like the ones we just saw. And although they are cool and they would be great as cow traps because you could probably cut yourself by grabbing them too quickly, um, uh -huh. they're, they're unreadable. And if I can't read the die, no. well, then again, depending on the game group, I guess if... You can't read the dice, whatever you want it to be, right? What'd you roll on your D6? I rolled a seven. What? <laughs> I mean, a six. So, a six, right? True, yeah. true story. So my brother Robert, as jokester as he is, used to have this old set of purple dice, and one side was painted, you know, one through ten, the other side wasn't. And boy, I think I think he had one over on me so many times because he'd roll it, and I could re never remember if the painted side was the high or the other side. And so he'd roll it and go, uh, yeah, 20. What was 20? Yeah, because remember, red, red's high. Is it? Was it high last time? Yeah, yeah, it was high last yeah. time too. So that's the ticket. So yeah, I, 
Sure it is. Yeah. So he he seems like he was always hitting the monsters a lot with those. I did not. But yeah. And I, I also I couldn't see him because there there were this dice with you know really badly colored. So now I make my players use these really big dice where I can see all the numbers on there. I make them roll it out there, and you don't have this you know where you roll a dice like I I don't know. I'm just having to trust you because I have no clue what the dice actually right. said. Well, what do I need to hit? Fourteen. That's it. 14. Yeah, I got that right now. Oh, boy. No, wait, wait. I meant 15. Oh, wait. Did I say 14? I meant 15. Yeah. So, you know. Yes. Don't. don't friends don't let friends use shitty dice. Well, and but not only that. Listen, if you're going to buy dice for your DM, make them useful dice. It's like, oh, they look, mm-hmm. they look great, but they're not useful. I would rather my players buy me a pound of those random Chessex dice they sell on Amazon. Where you gotta like, where you're guaranteed one complete set, and everything else is gonna be maybe if you're together like your old sets were when you were a kid. Right. Because every die mattered, but you can I'd read those, it. Right? It's useful, and if I lose a die, yeah. I don't give a flying no. fig. So I mean, you can, I'm tempted to say you can always use dice, which a DM's never gonna turn down dice. I'm never gonna turn down dice. It's just that that's probably not the first thing on my hit parade in terms of oh I, oh I got another set of dice awesome unless there's something like you know made out of dinosaur bone or petrified wood or one of those special oh, dice oh don't even that's, get me started on 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 the wood that the was petrified wood that you can't read those are no no, no but the, the, those wooden dice yeah. that I lost to uh, John Webb at, well, oh no the beautiful like Brazilian tree no. wood oh they, they were, were so crazy. it was Copabola wood. The reason why I wanted Copabola wood, and they're really hard. Because and the old cool. nightsticks were made of Copabola oh, wood. Yeah, because they bounced really nicely off of objects. And Copabola wood also, the more you use it, it, it takes the uh, what do you call it, the sweat from your hands or whatever, and it colors right. the wood. It's supposed to do that. That's part of the charm of them. Yes, those were beautiful dice. I'm sorry you lost those out to. Bill so Webb's that, that, that that's was, how I uh, that was my first meeting with Bill Webb. So there, there's a little secret. See, folks, things happen in real practice. <laughs> so, so basically, in in review, we're going to say here you can't go wrong with a gift card. Now, whether it's a gift card to drive through, a gift card to, I mean, a, you know, your local game store, a gift card to the local pizza place, a gift card to Amazon, Amazon, you know, you just can't go wrong with a gift card because they can. I'll, let me tell you another story. This is back in my retail days. We probably have retail stories just like this, Eric. But I worked in a music store, and one time this old lady came in right about Christmas. I say old lady; she's probably the age I am now. But yeah, I, they were all old you know, back then. This yeah. is this is thirty years ago. So she and she goes, um, "I need to buy my grandson some music." Okay. Well, what should I buy? Well, does he like country, heavy metal, hard rock, rock? Rap. I mean, there's 18,000 genres of music. It doesn't matter. Just get me six CDs of whatever, and if he doesn't like them, he can bring them back. So that's, you can tell somebody really thought about a Christmas present, right? That poor kid unwrapped that on Christmas, he's thinking, crap, 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 and crap. Oh, guess what? I got a trip to the music store Monday because this is my grandma got me all crap. I don't want this. And I told her at the time, I said... Oh God! They're all from the bargain bin. You could give me Steve Winwood. I listened to Slayer, and you got me Paul McCartney. You know, so but but I told her I said, why don't you just get him a gift certificate? He can come and get you whatever music he wants. No, because then he'll think I don't care about him. 
lady, you don't care about him. You're getting him heavy metal and rap and country and right. rock. You already don't care about You're telling me right now you don't care about him. So don't give me this shit. Just get a damn kid a gift card. And, and believe me, that kid came back in Monday, I'm sure, and returned all that shit. And I probably had to process a stupid return because returns were always worse. Just oh. give me a gift card. It makes it easier for you, yes. them, and, mm. and me when they come to buy as opposed to you purchasing yes. shit that nobody yes. wants. So they're going to have to come back with, with the receipt. And get back. And the, don't uh, don't believe that uh, it doesn't mean you don't care. It, it, believe me, when you somebody gets you a gift card, that means they care. They care about what you want. They don't care about what they want because what parents, especially parents, will do this. Grandparents too is they'll buy you something that they think you want, but that they actually think is cool. You right. know, and I, I I will fall victim to that a lot too. I I will if I buy my grandson a video game or for Xbox. Sometimes I have to sit back and go, wait a second. Is this something that I want to play and I'm buying it because I want him to play with me? Or is this something he wants? And I don't, that's why I don't do it either. I'll say, here's a gift card to Games Plus. You go buy whatever games you like because I will end up buying him something that I think he likes, but that I actually like. And parents and grandparents are victims of this all the time. And so don't fall victim to that. Just get them a gift card or gift or gift certificate or whatever. And just step back and let the magic happen. Just let them buy whatever right. they like. Oh, and the best, best part is, ever. and the best part is, they get to buy it after Christmas when everything goes on sale. So their money goes even farther. They're even yeah. more happy with you and love you even more because their hundred dollars goes even farther because everything's on sale after Christmas. You know, don't be held hostage to the to consumerism where they make you pay twice as much on the week before Christmas because they know you got to get something. No. Trick them. Say, no, we're going to buy this after Christmas. Oh, uh, my mother learned this years ago with me. She just gives me Amazon gift certificates or cash now. Because she's like, you're too hard to shop for. I don't know. I I know your interests, but I don't know them well enough to know what you already have. And that's the other part. There's nothing for gamers. We oh. have. So if you're somebody like Mike or myself, or probably most of our listeners, you have stuff that even your spouse doesn't know that you have. And you right. they want to buy you something special. It's like, oh, yeah, hon, you know, um, I I know you thought that was really cool when you saw the it, orange Anything where Eric um, took the words out of controls, the, the limited day. I already own two copies. But yes. Is the there anything worse than having to feign happiness in a gift you either already have and you and you're thinking they tried really hard because they know I like D and D, and so they bought a first print player's handbook, or whatever. But I've already got two others over here, and so like, oh, that's so awesome! Thank you so much. And you're thinking, oh boy, there's another one. You know, I got well, another. You're one. also thinking, wow, you must have overpaid for it because you were buying. <laughs> yes. It. Oh, like, oh, yes, like, yes, yes. It's like, so I mean, I'll be honest. Like with Rach and I, it's like, tell me what you want. It's like, well, well, I saw. You know what I just saw that was on sale? Um, there's a game. Uh, you know what? I'll just buy it, and then you can pay me for it after I get it delivered to the house, and we'll just hold, hold on. I'm gonna it. take care of this right now, honey. What do you want for Christmas this year? Wow. Okay. She said I can't afford anything she wants for Christmas. Oh, okay. that's a great answer. See, there he is. I'm off the hook. This is hey, what, Mike, that's what Mike. It means all she wants is you. 
all she wants. Oh, remodel the kitchen? Okay, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I can't afford anything she wants. <laughs> but that's, you know, well, that that's that's one of the reasons why it's better to buy the gift card, the gift card, because you don't know what they want, and it just gets so awkward. I, I've had to pretend to like so many gifts over the years, and because, you know, the kids are all excited because they got you something. But I, I mean, I like I like football. I like Dallas Cowboys. I don't really need any Dallas Cowboys shirts, hats, socks, whatever. But sometimes I get that, and I have to, oh, this is awesome. Yeah, this – but – I'm not. I have my Dallas Cowboy jacket that I like. I, I do like it, and I wear it. Right. I have a Dallas Cowboy shirt. I do wear it, but I don't need any more. I don't need any more Dallas Cowboy. Gear. If we really had don't. Dallas Cowboy speedos for your brother, though, would that would that be? A... I would. I'm interested. All I, right. Color me interested. I, I'm, Just check it, man. Because <laughs> you know, uh, inquiring minds and Congoers want to know. Uh, by the way, David Thompson, I like this. We I do like this idea too. Yes, David. Gifts for our characters. Bonuses to hit uh to hit cards, dice modifiers, etc. That is very That's cool. cool. I'm gonna I'll, you know what you know what a good present for that is uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, Bill Webb's deck of dirty uh oh my dirty God, tricks. Yeah. Because all, all the cards have a little bonus for characters. That would be great for your Christmas presents. You buy a um buy a, a PDF of the uh deck of dirty tricks print out some of the cards and hand them out to your players and say, here's pick randomly here. Here's, here's your Christmas presents. Everybody gets two or three of these cards. Cause there's stuff like, you know, give you bonuses to backstab or a bonus to sneak or, you know, they give you all kinds of really cool little bonuses. You can throw them yeah, down at the time. Trade you know. between players. I mean, that's, Oh yeah. That's a great idea, David. That's, that's um, I love something like that. That'd be awesome. But yes. Yes. Yeah, so don't, don't, you know, at this time of the year, all the companies are going to try to get you to buy these really expensive shot shot Just just get them a gift card or cash or whatever. Oh, and, here, you know. here, here's one that we're overlooking, and I'm actually and I'm overlooking because somebody did this. Somebody from the gaming community did this for me. My God, I was still working, so it's going to be like six or seven years ago for Christmas. Mm-hmm. They bought me a humble bundle and as a gift <laughs> to me. They knew I liked audio books and there, I think it was probably one of the earlier uh, uh, Warhammer Black Library bundles. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I get an email notification that I was gifted a humble bundle. And I saw it. I was like, Holy oh, God. nice. So, I mean, they, you have these options. And I'll be honest with you. I I, I have a, uh, a friend that asked me what I want for Christmas. And I'll be honest with you. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Because I'm usually more wired into what I'm getting for other people, and if there's something that I want and it's not too expensive, and it doesn't reach the level of I must notify the wife before making a purchase because my life depends on it. <laughs> if it doesn't reach that level, I probably you know looked at my finances. I'm I'm very much not. I I you know what I'm fifty something years old. I I don't really need anything presents anymore. I, I like to see. I like to buy presents for my grandkids because yep. it just you know, makes them all excited and happy, but I don't need anything. And I've got everything I need. Like you said, it's, yeah, you know what I would like? I don't know, a Ghost Tower of Inverness tournament copy. Does any of my friends have an extra $7,000 line? Oh, no. oh, oh, listen, uh, I'll, I'll, let's call up uh, Mr. Cameron and see if there's an, an extra. <laughs> he, well, he's got like five of them, so yeah. yeah if he, know, can he, lend, he, he can he lend him one for a copy week. available. Alex, Alex if you have this for Christmas, I want that copy of the original Forgotten Realms map. That Ed Green that you were gifted by 
Greenwood and them. I, I would like that for my wall. So if you happen to just, you know, feel the, the spirit of Christmas, I would love to hang that on my wall. And so, you know, that I, we saw that one year at the game hole. That was absolutely amazing. So no, no, that's, yeah. But the stuff I, I want is beyond people's really capability to, to, to buy. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a, that's a good point. So James, just, James made a suggestion. What, what, what do we want for Christmas? And he goes, so you just want more subscribers. Uh, listen, we, we'd love more subscribers. Okay. But, uh, and, and, and do we get some? Yes. Uh, are, we, are we showing that huge growth we did right around North Texas? No, that was amazing. But, um, we have a strong listenership. We want to grow the community. So um, more subscribers is certainly... We're growing exactly how, we, how... I mean, I know that, you know, it's not just Eric and I. It's also his Friday night crew. It's his, his yeah. wife, Rachel. We're growing yeah. exactly the way we wanted to grow. We, and we had talked about this about a year ago. Slow and steady. This is yep. exactly what we want. We don't, we don't want to grow... We don't want to pull stunts, you know. Pull. I'm going to do this stunt where we're going to we're going to go in there and say how much we hate Five E and yell about it for five hours, and everybody's going to jump on our stream because you know we just we're just going to throw this big fit about something. And right. If we do, if, do we, if we do a stunt, it literally is um, a, a stunt. A ten car doing <laughs> yoga, uh, dressed like that, either a that's a stunt in the nineties. That's or, or, absolutely or a stunt. Yes, and it it raised over fifteen hundred dollars. It was a beautiful oh, stuff. Yes. Um, then we dyed my hair blue, and that's when I learned how fucking gray my hair actually is. And I still have to on a nice on a on a warmer day. When I say warmer, something's gonna hit like mid fifties. I'm gonna go to the park with my blue hair, and then after we do the park and the blue hair, if I can do both in the same day, I will go fruit <laughs> shopping. Hasn't been forgotten. My my wife won't let me forget, but most importantly, my niece won't let me forget. Oh boy! Because uh, she really enjoyed applying it last time and spraying my head blue. <laughs> and, and a little secret: it doesn't wash out very quickly. It took oh no, it does four not. Days of no. washing to get it, and it turns out. weird colors sometimes. Also, yeah. Well, I, you know, when I was a kid, I don't know if you all remember this, but when I was a kid, you would have the and, and I hope nobody takes offense by this terminology: the little old ladies with the blue hair, that blue. Mm -hmm. Gray metallic looking hair, occasionally yeah. pink, but it would do that that bluish sheen. I was like, oh my god, I look like one of those little old ladies that had that hair going. <laughs> I understand it now. I think I I, 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 I thought you pulled it off. You pulled it off a lot, not a lot better than those like little old ladies. Uh, well, you know, hey, that's a good job. No, and, and, and folks, again, the outfit. I'm not going to dye my hair blue because I'm not sure if I can get through, uh, you know, the TSA security with blue hair. They might not recognize who James, I am compared to my ID. James, I, if you're trying, I think I'm about to say James is trying to hint that he's got like a, an extra, you know, hundred thousand dollars he'd like to spend on us. Then just just fess up. Just to, if you want to buy us, a, you yeah. know, if you want to buy us a present, you know, like a Cancun vacation, just fess up and tell us. We'll 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 hit you know we'll I hit mean, you up here. So I mean, it, it, these these chats are monetized, but not because you know. We do this for the money. The money that gets raised is going to get thrown back to the community anyway. That's what yeah. I do with the money that I get through drive through. That's what I do with the monies like from Humble Bundle. Uh, Humble Bundle cut me a check. That check is probably going to be going towards sponsoring a room. Mm -hmm. 
Mike does what uh, Glenn community. I was able to go wireless because of the oh. um, is my connection. Yeah. Your connection is a little weird. I, I got a little delay on you, Eric. It, you know, it's about an hour last week this happened, too. Maybe a little, a little flaky. Yeah. Yep. I, I can hear you fine, though. It's just a delay. But, no. You, um, you I got sound my, good, my, but I, can you hear me now? I can hear you fine. I hear you fine. Okay. We just got a little delay there. It's, it's I'm weird. I'm wondering I, if it's my Something connection. must be going I think it's me, or, or it's either you and the Poconos, or it's me and Sal Padre. There's something. It seems about after about an hour that we start getting a weird delay after about an hour or so. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't in the Poconos last week. I was. So here. it was me. Yeah, blame me. It, it, it might be. It I'm might be my connection. I, yeah. I, I love you anyway. After about an hour, Maybe. I think this connection gets a little unstable. Kind of like, kind of like me, generally speaking. Uh, oh, everybody says you're the one that broke up, so it wasn't just me this time. Okay, okay. there we go. Okay, okay. Uh, that's okay. We're, we're we're in we're all, we're often wild and crazy places. We'll we'll be back home next week. So yes, it, it should be back to normal. Well, whatever yes. normality is. James, uh, yes, uh, Empire's Choice is up and running. They uh, oh okay, I should probably mention this because I just confirmed this with George DeRosa. Uh, Emperor's Choice is going to be backing with OSR Christmas. They're going to be doing physical gifts nice. for all 12 days. It's going to be books 4 through 6 of the Arduin uh, Grimoire series. So USA only. They're only shipping in the States. I don't blame them. That was my suggestion. Yeah. And then there's going to be three Kings Day at the end where it's um, the trilogy the extra six books and some more stuff. I don't have. The wow. When does uh, the Christmas begin? The uh, twelve days of Christmas uh, begin. We're probably kick it off this weekend. Oh, nice. Okay. Do yeah. you have enough donation? Do you have enough stuff to give away this year? Do you need uh, anything I, else? Uh, you know, I, I can always I can do donate something, something from you know, from from Mike. Maybe from from sure. uh, Frog God. Uh, we could do some Frog God stuff, some North Texas stuff. You just let me know if you want me to contribute to it. I can load up some stuff for one of the days. So. Yeah. Dave, so here's the thing. I'm in the Poconos. There's DSL up here. It, without offending anybody, DSL sucks shit. <laughs> so um, I am going off my phone's hotspot, but um, it's not. It, it's it's not 4G. It's not 3G. I think it's uh, 2G Edge, maybe sort of. Mm. Kind of. So yeah, I'm I'm at I'm at the beach, and while the internet is pretty nice here, it seems like this happened last last couple of weeks. From after after about an hour, it just starts breaking up. So unfortunately, you just have to have to hang out with us, hang out with our bad internet for the next hour. Yes, forgive, forgive us. We know we're not what we do. Um, yes, the Ottawa secondary market has gotten very expensive. Mm -hmm. Um. And Emperor's Choice uh, shipped, I believe, to every order that was placed. And I believe that they are running a new print run on uh, certain items that got low in stock or sold out. We will have George and his partner on in January, I believe. Uh, they're going to probably announce some new products that they are hoping to have out in 2022. 
Um, I'm excited. Uh, I brought some of my Arduin books with me to the Poconos, just that I've been running around and haven't got a chance to do as much reading with them as I had hoped. But I like the essays because the yeah. essays really are insightful. And they tell me that George, you know, sorry, that Dave was doing stuff that back in the late 70s and early 80s that we think is new now in this new, relatively new movement of the OSR. And this is all stuff that Dave was doing 30, 40 years ago. So I find that very interesting. I've also had somebody ask me if I was going to run an Arduin game online. Um, if I can figure out the rules, sure. I don't know if I can figure out the rules. It would probably have to be a, a, a melding of, of an OSR rule set and Arduin influence. So. Arduin existed more as a, you pulled out the supplement parts you like. You know, oh, I like the poison. I like this monster. I like this. I, I think it really worked better that way than it did as an as an actual rule set. And it was almost written that way too, wasn't it? Because you had all the all the supplements. They weren't really coherent. They just would have supplement one, supplement two, supplement three. They all cover different ground. It reminded me a lot, obviously, of the original D and D supplements. You I was had about Greyhawk, to say the same thing. It was, it, it yeah. was a mishmash, you know. Yeah. And initially, from what I have gathered and what I'm looking at, and I can't quite come out and say this, at least Dave couldn't, it was written to be supplementary material for your mm -hmm. OD&D game. But then sure. it became, we've strayed so far that it actually is its own game. And then I had to kind of figure out how to make that game, Dave and his friends. So right. um, what I'd like to do is... Uh, probably take some of those class options that, that Dave writes about, find which ones I think would work really well, and then put it on an OSR chassis for the combat and spell system. But we'll see. Ha I'll hack something together at some point. Some, yes, Frank. So, so we did We did have one more um, kind of interesting subject that we wanted to cover too. Well, I mean, it's... Uh, Eric told me this, and I blew me away. And that's um, the uh, the mothership uh, Kickstarter that uh, is coming to a close pretty soon. It's coming to now, close. Now, mothership in, was it, less than half a day from now. I think it's like eleven hours now. Now they, they wanted any any in twenty nineteen twenty twenty. I actually have the two books that won the any, and, and I, I bought them and I, I read through them. It, it was interesting. I thought it was you know whatever, but I didn't think I was ever going to run it. And Eric tells me today did you have you seen the mothership kickstarter like yeah i mean i know they have one did you know it's up to 1.3 million dollars <laughs> like you have got to be kidding me sure enough there it is 1.3 million dollars and eric just as we've had it up here it's already gone up like another 20 or thirty thousand dollars. yeah this is yeah. one of those amazing stories you see every once in a while that just hits you know some I don't know where comes a Kickstarter, and it just the, I'm thinking specifically the one um, who was the guy that did the uh, the it wasn't the castles but it was the um, the Kickstarter about uh, strongholds strongholds. Oh God, that one it really should have gone nowhere, and somehow yeah, and it, that one went over that went over a million dollars too. Just out, I mean, it wasn't really necessarily out of nowhere. The guy had a platform, and he he promoted a lot. But man, I would say this is definitely out of nowhere. I, I had no clue, and I don't even think the writer author had a clue this is going to get this popular. Um, 
wow, this is this is really amazing because this is just a guy. I mean, he's just like a dude. You know, he's he's yeah. not a big publisher. Uh, the stuff he does is 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 good. I like I said, I've I've read the the the, the core rule book. I've read the Adventure Dead Planet. I, I liked it. I just didn't think I'd ever run it, but it, it seems like it would be a fun game to run. And I actually looked at it as like this could be you could run this solo. This seems like a really kind of cool solo solo adventure type game. But man, I, I'm just at a loss to explain why this just got so popular. Why it made I, I would have expected this to make about maybe thirty thousand. Well, Thirty or forty thousand dollars, you know, because yeah. he wanted twenty. He wanted twenty. He wanted 20. I think twice that. Twice that would have been very successful. I think fifty thousand would have been amazing. Like, wow, he made fifty thousand dollars. That's incredible. So David B says that we're talking about Colville for the other one, Matt Colville, and that's right. Yeah, Matt Colville. And, and yeah, Matt brought in his own audience. He, yes, he did. Yes, it was not. Know, that was not necessarily out of nowhere. That one had. Right. He, still he was more able to I promote his own project. But still, that was pretty amazing because I don't think anybody thought that was going to get. Um, I'm looking it up right now. Um, I don't think anybody thought that was going to be as popular as it was. No, that uh, he, he, he brought his own audience. And listen, I was uh, not accused, but when uh, the when I started the podcast, the Tavern Chat podcast, and it was a relatively decent hit out of the box, I was already accused of what well, you're bringing over your audience from your blog. Uh, all right. Well, Matt Culver was building his bringing his audience over, but he didn't. It, that wasn't what was bringing him over the top. You yeah. know, it start, it certainly started him. But yes, sometimes you just have these projects that just seem to hit. They just hit perfectly well. Like there's nothing else going on at the time. It just seems like it just catches fire, and then it's just boom. You have this incredible outpouring of people wanting to buy it, and. Uh, and the, the other one I can think of, and once again, but the, this had a built-in audience was when John Wick did the Seventh uh, C remake. And now, now I don't think that one was was actually that unexpected because, you know, uh, Matt or I'm sorry, John Wick had been in gaming for a long time. Seventh um, C was a very popular game when it came out in the '90s, and this was a remake of it. So I don't think that was entirely really out of nowhere, right? But it, it was um, it was very unexpected. I think to how much money it got, and um, there was yeah, strongholds and followers by Colville, top one hundred Kickstarters of all time, two point one million dollars, crazy. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is just uh, one of those things that just caught fire, and I am just absolutely, I, I'm happy for the guy. I think it's because, like I said, it's a, it's a, he's just a you know regular dude. It's not like this is some big corporation. Um, but Eric and I were both talking about this is sometimes this, these kind of things can be a double edged sword, right? I mean, the yeah. fact that a guy like this is making this much money because, um, I don't know if anybody's really familiar with the, with the John Wick 7th C story, but, um, I'm, I'm going to try to look at that one up at the same time too. Uh, the 7th C Kickstarter, uh, did very well. Well, over um, a million, huge success. Yeah, one of the problems is we always talk about is is John Wick felt like he had to add a lot of add-ons because you know he was trying to get more money, more money, more money, and so he had a whole bunch of add-ons. I think at one point the the basic set was something crazy. I, I like twenty books or twelve books came with it, right? I, and so I, he, I, I don't even so, recall what it was. It was it, it, it was one point. He, he made one point three million dollars in that too. Eleven thousand backers, one point three million dollars. He um, he has gone on record as saying he made no money from this Kickstarter. And the reason being 
is because he had to hire people to fulfill the Kickstarter. There were so many people, 11,000 backers, each getting like maybe a dozen books. Um, he could not, he didn't finish fulfilling this Kickstarter. He was bailed out by Chaosium. Chaosium yeah. bought the rights to the 7th C and basically fulfilled his outstanding um, Kickstarter debt because he was overwhelmed. It was just him. It's just John Wick. And so once he has this, he has to go out and hire, I don't know, 20 people to help package up stuff and fulfill this stuff. And meanwhile, like I said, each box is, you know, his, his, I think the, the higher the pledge level pledges got, it got more and more books and more and more PDFs. And it but just, now we, saw, blew out of control. we saw this in our own, our own corner of the universe. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Brave Halfling, the appendix. And that was one of the very appendix. first ones. Yes. One of the very first ones that this happened to um, Adams had a, very successful indie little business. He put out things here and there and, you know, didn't make a lot of money, but he did pretty well. Well, he had a Kickstarter for the, um, was it, is a DCC, um, was a set of modules. And so right. he felt, he fell victim to the, Hey, here's all these stretch goals, which Another a lot adventure. of people did back Another in the day. Adventure. A lot of them did. Another adventure. And I mean, he never awesome. fulfilled. He never finished fulfilling it because no. and we're only talking. I think in this case about twenty thousand dollars. It wasn't a lot, but he was just one guy. He was just one guy. That I think if you won, I think if you ended up back in the Kickstarter a certain level, you got something like a dozen books. Well, no, well here's how it worked. Um, if I recall correctly, there were a total of five adventures and then a setting book at the end. If I recall correctly, but you could back for like. $105 and you got five copies of each book. So now for $105, I'm getting because I was in, I'm getting like a hundred and I'm getting like 30 books. You're making no profit off me. And no. the problem is he couldn't, he would write, he would print the first book and then he shipped to everybody. Well, you're eating up all your profits. Oh, yeah. he, shipping was part of his his. Yes, funding. shipping. He he had very bad understanding of shipping. Very very oh, bad. Oh was going to actually what it was going to cost, and that was yeah that was a big problem too. Is that he not only was did he have this giant thing, this giant plan, but he also was going to ship it all separately. Now at least the people nowadays are realizing that this needs to all ship together and not separately. Right. Um. Yeah. So that you know in a way, I mean. Look what happened to Ken Whitman. I mean, not that Ken Whitman was ever going to fulfill his Kickstarters, but he also fell victim to the he, – he was one guy, and he and people got really excited about these movies he was going to make, and he got way you know way behind the eight ball because yeah. not only is he going to do the, got to do this movie now, he's got you know, he's got to hire all the people involved. He's got to do all the film. I mean, it, it was never going to happen. You know, when you look uh, back at these things, you're saying – Damn it, pencil dice. Oh, Oh, pencil dice! I thought it did, wasn't he? Did he do pencil dice still? No, no, no. Well, pencil dice is <laughs> Pencil dice started shipping. Pencil yes, dice started shipping. Well, here's yeah, here's the deal: pencil dice weren't shipping in order of orders. Like that would make too much sense. No, no, they were shipping smallest order first. If you ordered one pencil, he was completing <laughs> your order, putting that pencil in a legal sized envelope and putting it in the mail. So then he could say, yes. "Well, I fulfilled sixty orders. Oh. I I did sixty pen. I owe eighty thousand pencils." But I now he only sent out, sent out sixty pencils, but he fulfilled sixty orders exactly. Yes, yeah. So now yeah. we, we all. I mean, 
I know we're we're doing negatives here, but I, I mean, I wish this guy the mothership. It, it is a cool game. Um, I wish him luck. You know, I, I hope this works out, but I also hope that he's aware of you know what's going to happen here. I, you know, heck, if I'd love to have him on the show if you ever wanted to pop on. I know he's a European dude, but um, it's it's a it is a very cool game. But it there could be a lot of pitfalls here for a game like this suddenly absolutely blowing up the way this one did. Yeah, um, I mean, sometimes you know. your your worst failure is because of your greatest success. And listen, I'm I am thrilled that a game like Mothership is getting this kind of success because it's seriously, it's going to well, it's it's it, it's good and bad. It's going to encourage a lot of others to say, "I can I can hit lightning, I can be struck yeah. by lightning like this." Sure, no, I can I can do it. What's Mothership got that I don't have? Well. Mothership has something that's very intangible, but it's certainly very successful. And, and it, look, it's going to be telling to see how they come through this. If they can come through this and come out with a, another Kickstarter in a year or two that's going to be half as successful they've and, and fulfill this and keep a great reputation because they already have a great reputation. Mm-hmm. You don't want to ruin your great reputation because you were too successful. So and it's know. also, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword there too, because for every person that sees this and says, man, my small Kickstarter, maybe I can hit it big. You're going to have a bunch of other numb nuts. They're like, you know what? I'm going to put out a crappy, shitty post-apocalyptic horror sci-fi game and maybe I'll get lucky and, 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 you know, hit it big. And so you're going to have a lot of, a lot of imitation crap come out in the next year or so trying to, hit the same genre, you know, the, the horror sci-fi horror, and right. you're going to get a lot of bad Kickstarters in the next year or so, because they're not going to be up to the quality of mothership, which, which is a proven mothership's a proven commodity. Like I said, they've won the end. They won the any, any award 19 uh, in 2019. They won it in 2020. Um, so yeah, that they're, they're a proven commodity, but you're going to have a lot of goofballs that are going to come out there and say, Hey, you know, uh, I think I can do this too, man. Uh, here, here's my horror game, and I hope it hits a million dollars. It's not going to be very good. No. So um, you got to be careful because it, imitation spawns some really bad stuff. And one of the other, uh, I was just thinking another example of a success destroyed your company was the center stage miniature guy because uh, oh, geez. first first Kickstarter did great. It was you know made hundreds of thousands, a couple hundred thousand dollars, but. He was already behind the eight ball. Why? Because of stretch goals. Stretch goals um, had dictated he had to create so many minis, which means you have to pay artists to do to do greens and to do molds, that he had to run another Kickstarter to pay for the first Kickstarter. And then when that one didn't make enough money, he had to run a third Kickstarter to pay for the first two. And it just it got worse and worse. The, it was a pyramid scheme at a certain point. It just, you know absolutely collapsed on him but that was another case of just one guy just getting overwhelmed by the success of you know this first kickstarter actually you know who we had to bring on he was uh viewing us earlier bill barsh yes he, bill bill, barsh bill's done quite a he and ben have done a lot of kickstarters all successful but um bill had problems with a couple of his kickstarters too so he can tell you, you know sometimes things don't work out exactly the way you want them to and you have to you know it's going to take, takes you a he, lot longer to get stuff out than you think. He, you think he it's wound up. Be. Uh, Bill wound up with the uh, the assets of center of uh, center stage. 
Well, at least a lot of them. At least a lot oh, of okay, you talk about that? Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. He did. Yes, he he did end up with it with it. What, what was left center stage? And although I don't, uh, from talking to Bill, I don't think they really made a lot of money out of that because they fulfilled a lot of the old the old um, outstanding orders of center stage and. Um, yeah, it, it just it was a bad deal every which way on that. Unfortunately, some of the miniatures are real nice. I mean, I have some of the old miniatures; they're very, very nice miniatures. The sculpts were made by some really famous people, but yeah, it just that was left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth because I, my brother, uh, four hundred dollars worth of miniatures, he never gotten anything. You know, my brother, I think he backed the second or third one for like four hundred bucks and didn't get anything out of it. So there was a lot of uh, upset people at the end of that one. But that's also why you know you have to be you have to be careful you know and and I, like I said I, this I think this guy oh did I lose Eric I think I lost Eric um a lot of a lot of uh, people will benefit by wisdom of having done this before and this guy and I can't remember the guy's name he has uh, been publishing for a few years he has done this before so I hope that he's able to uh, keep up with um, what, what's looking to be one of the most incredible. Incredibly successful Kickstarters in the RPG category for quite some time. Yeah, I like the aesthetic. Uh, while with while the while with water, I I like the aesthetic of it. I I don't think we have. I mean, the horror sci-fi genre is actually a pretty cool genre. I mean, you, you know, you have stuff like the Thing, obviously Alien, stuff like that. It's actually a pretty cool genre, and I think um, uh, play-wise, I think it would play really good as an RPG. So I, I'm. Um, what was what are some other good movies? Um uh not Mass Effect, but um uh Vent Horizon. Vent Horizon's a great horror horror um sci-fi. Uh yeah, it's it's a it's a cool genre, very cool genre. So I, I, I really hope this guy is able to support it and uh and uh do a good job with it. And apparently we've lost Eric. I don't see Eric coming back on. That's weird that I'm on and Eric's not on because I'm actually connected to Eric. So maybe I'm not even on. Let's see here. Am I on? Let's see. Maybe I just think I'm on. Can everyone hear me? So that means Eric's lost. I don't know how we're going to get him back. Okay, so, so I'm on talking to you guys. I don't know where Eric is. This is weird because I don't know if we're going to get Eric back or not. <laughs> we might not get Eric back. This may be my show for the next 30 minutes. Um, so what are we going to talk about? Let's do it. Oh, Eric's coming back on. He said he just sent me a message. He's working on it. The Poconos, Poconos screwed him over. He's out. Um, so let me see. What else can we talk about here? Christmas. We talked Christmas presents. I was kind of counting on Eric to, you know, carry the show the next the last <laughs> the last thirty minutes or so. I have no clue what I'm doing. Um, what else is going on? Oh, so we are going to. Um, uh, I think I mentioned our guest. You were here earlier. We're going to have uh, Ken Spencer, a Frogger Games writer, written quite a bit of uh, stuff for us the last couple of years. Um, he's also an archaeologist in real life, which is a kind of a cool profession for a D&D player. Uh, he's going to be our guest in December. We have Alice Pang, who wrote the excellent module, um, uh, Moon Goddess's Daughter, which is a really cool traditional uh, Chinese legend type adventure. One of the best that I've read in a long time. I, I was really impressed by Moon Goddess's Daughter. 
Um, she's and we love to have her on. We haven't had her on in quite a while. Um, she's just been really busy doing other projects. And so we're going to have Alice on hopefully in the next. Uh, Holy crap. So, oh, there he is. I had my own show going for a while. It was awesome. Oh, no, I, 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 yeah, I, I caught part of that. So um, the device that the? was provided in the hotspot um, died. So it was like, oh, oh no. It, and it was charging. But and for some reason, this is the my, second time this happened in the Poconos. Didn't you have that one time when you all your electricity went out or something and you had to broadcast on your phone for a while? Yeah. 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 I had no charger for my laptop. I, I, I that was know. it. it in, in any case, I have returned. Oh, okay. Well, I, I don't think I destroyed the show while you're gone. So, no, no, I, I, I'm sure you did. You, you did a fine no, job, Mike. I, I do appreciate. I was actually for once I was a kind of a thrown a loop because normally I can bullshit on stuff for a while, but I was uh, I was taken by surprise by your sudden absence. So I just uh, I just babbled. babbled Babbling is fine. That is fine. Uh, my my, my uh, delay w was using my phone was apparently you can't use a StreamYard from Google Chrome oh, okay. on your phone. There you go. Oh, so I had to go into Safari, and then Safari uh, put me in as a guest, and I couldn't add myself to the stream. I was in the backstage. I don't know hey, if you James, saw me uh, pop uh, up on the bottom briefly. Yes, James, uh, Matt Finch is uh, – I'll, I'll talk to Matt because um, for those of you who don't know, Matt has uh, left Frog Eye Games to do his own projects. He's with Frog Eye for 15 years. Um, he has uh, basically come back as Mythmere Games. So, yeah, we'd like to talk to Matt and see what he has in store for Mythmere Games in the future. So I will try to get a hold of Matt and see if he wants to come on anytime soon. Matt, Matt's a cool dude, and I'm sure he has plans. Uh, I – I believe he got the rights to Swords of Wizardry back as part of the deal with Frog God. Um, the 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 parting was amiable. Nobody you know nobody hates each other. We're not not you know there's no no infighting, no nothing. It was just he wanted to do his own projects and concentrate more on Swords of Wizardry stuff. And we're you know we're actually doing a lot. Frog God's doing a lot more five E stuff right now that we're doing Swords of Wizardry. So uh, wish Matt good luck. But yeah, we'll, we'll see about having Matt on the show. That he's probably got some really cool uh, ideas. I know he's working on. Um, uh, a sort of a tome of adventure design part two right now. So maybe we'll ask him about that. So I'll, I'll see about Matt and see if he's willing to pop on the show. Yeah. We've known Matt for a number of years. Um, but he left. That, that's actually pretty common knowledge. I mean, it's not, well, we have, it hasn't been yelled from the rooftop, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, that, that happened, it happened a few weeks ago. Um, like I said, he wanted to do his, he wants to concentrate more on Swords of Wizardry, and we're we're doing a lot more 5e than Swords of Wizardry right now. Not that we're gonna stop doing Swords of Wizardry, Frog God's still gonna do Swords of Wizardry. Um, but I think we're going uh Frog, Frog God is gonna start concentrating more on a generic OSR tone to adventures more than specifically Swords and Wizardry. Because there's a lot of good retro clones out there now. Um and OSC is OSC has showed us that you know there's still a lot of life in the retro clone industry. I mean, oh god! Yeah, kind of. It blew absolutely blew up, and uh, the Swords of Wizardry box set made about forty thousand, forty sixty thousand dollars Kickstarter. Um, there's there's quite a bit of life in the OS in the um, uh, retro clone, and so we're we're still going to do retro clone stuff, but maybe not specifically Swords of Wizardry because if you think about it, if you have a adventure for Swords of Wizardry, you could take that same adventure, you can very easily play it with first edition D and D. Second edition D and D, basic D and D, BX, um, B, Beck me, 
Um, Labyrinth Lord. I mean, they, it's very easy to translate old school D&D from one system to the next. It's not that easy for stuff written after the year 2000. I mean, you can't really do that with third edition or fourth edition or fifth edition. But yes, anything, anything um, that's written generically for D&D can pretty much be played with any sort of uh, uh, of the retro clones. So um, I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's interesting to concentrate more on just to just say, look, this this adventure can be played with old school D&D. Whatever your flavor is, this adventure will fit it. Um, I, I think there's some value to that rather than just saying, look, this is only a Swords and Wizardry adventure. This is only a OS, you know, OSE adventure. I mean, when you look at it, like DCC RPG is far enough away from other OSR games that it kind of plays its own way out. Um, but Castles and Crusades to me has always been the, the bridge between third edition and old school gaming. And Swords and Wizardry was always, to me, the system that you could write for Swords and Wizardry and it could play in any OSR system because whether it had you know, descending or ascending de uh, you know, uh, armor class, it was all covered. But this, again, spells don't change much between mm -hmm. different OSR games. They, they, they pretty much run the same. Your combat runs the same. So to... to be limited. I mean, I always grabbed adventures from any old school system, and ran it with any old school system. Well, so I, yeah. I think it's been well, looking like looking like the monster. So let's say my my adventure has a minotaur in it. Do I have, really have to have a specific set of stats, or could I just say a minotaur? Because a minotaur is pretty much the same in one e in basic in you know it, you you can translate the idea of a minotaur to any old school system, and they're pretty. It's pretty much the same monster, right? Um, so yeah, it's, it's it, the monster stats are easy. Um, the, the one, the one issue you have, I think when you do generic OSR stuff is that with spells, because not every system has every spell. So for instance, if you're playing, let's say Swords of Wizardry, um, there's a lot of spells that didn't really make the transition from 1E, uh, uh, OD and D, whatever to Swords of Wizardry. Like there's not a Featherfall spell. So if you put Featherfall in there, well, you're going to have to you're going to have to change that if you're playing Swords of Wizardry. But that's that's easy enough to do too. So I think that's where your main issue comes in is mostly through spell spell choice, spell selection, and then you have a few changes. Like for instance, um, Swords of Wizardry first level priests don't get spells, so that's a little different. If you if you say that the group kicks in the door to the uh, monastery and there's 16 evil first level priests on there, well. That's going to be a lot different combat if they're Swords of Wizardry versus if they're, you know, first edition. <laughs> first right. edition, they're all going to have a spell, at least one spell. Um, or, you know, say you're doing Ostrich or something, they're going to at least going to have one spell. Whereas um, if you do it Swords of Wizardry, they're not going to have any spells. It's going to be a lot easier combat. So, um, but yeah, I, I think it's a, uh, there's, there's so many flavors of, of the OSR. I think it's easy enough to make a generic OSR adventure and then just, you know, say, look, here's what your character, here's your character's good. It's more about ideas, right? That's what it's, it's more about ideas and stats. And if you have a good adventure, it's going to go across any type of rule system you have. Um, all you need, really, what you, well, like, take an adventure like, let's say, a, a G1 Steeding of the Hill Giant, right? Um, 
that's just a cool adventure. You got this giant wooden building with all these hill giants in it. Um, I, I could I could put that in any version of the OSR within an hour. You know, just by basically standing out the the giants, the different stats of the giants. Other than that, the adventure can be played with any type, any version of D and D. Oh yeah. I mean, listen, when I was, listen, even though we didn't play basic because basic was for babies, mm-hmm. I still ran keep on the borderland, ran it with AD&D. Yeah. I didn't, I never understood why there was no AC 10 in, in basic, but that, that was the only part where my brain would have a problem. Yeah. That, um, and I've, I've run, I've run uh, B2, keep the borderline. I've run that with, I've run B1. I've run B1 with first edition. I've run it with basic. I've run it with Swords of Wizardry. I mean, it's those, those generic or those, um, old OSR adventures can, can be run with any old school system. Yeah. I mean, they, they are cross compatible. Are they always going to be an exact perfect fit? No. Um, as for the question is how the marketing is going to go. Uh, I don't know. I don't think Mike knows. We're not, you know. No. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. So John's asked us a really good question here. Um, instead of, so what I think this is just speculation. What, what we might do in the future, instead of saying uh, module X is compatible, is basically a Swords and Wizardry module. What we may say is this module is compatible with Swords and Wizardry, OSE, Ostrich, Labyrinth Lord, or any old school system. And I'll give you, and you know who does this? I'll tell you somebody who does this is Richard LeBlanc. If you read any Richard yes. LeBlanc's modules, he has the stats for every, he has the stats for 1E, Labyrinth Lord, and I believe basic DD and every one of his uh, monsters, uh, characters, whatever. So it, it's actually been done before and it can be done where you just say, look, we're just going to cover all the old school systems here. Or you you either do that or you just leave the, 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 statistic part vague enough to where for instance like instead of saying you kick in the 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 throne room and there's an evil high priest there he's level ninth and here's the spells you just say he's a ninth level priest here there's an evil ninth level priest pick out his spells what do you want him to have you, you choose you choose a spell what what edition of the game are you playing are you playing swords wizardry are you playing Whatever your game, your whatever system you're playing, you pick out the spells. You don't have to actually list every spell, and so this guy just becomes a ninth level priest for whatever system you're using. Like I said, the same thing, the same concept for monsters. Is a is an orc that different in basic first edition? I mean, they're not. I mean, there's there's really yeah. very you know, or and swords of wizardry and let's say crypts and things or something. No, there it's it's just, just we just put orc. You just put this room has twenty orcs in it. You, you know you can figure out what, how what, you know, what the orcs armor class is and what they need to hit and what their hit points are. So I think that's what you'll see is something like that on adventures. You won't just see, you know, this this is a swords and wizardry adventure. This is a adventure compatible with swords and wizardry plus blah 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 blah. You name off all the adventures there. Right. It, it could even be things like, all right. So if you are playing um, original edition characters, you know. Uh, assume this hit point total, and if it's what if it's a one e, because remember, you know, you're not saying D and D. You yeah. can say zero edition, first one e. The only real difference between zero edition and one e is that your hit points get bumped by about a point per mm-hmm. level, 
between the original edition and first edition, depending on what games you're playing. Because hit dice go for fighters from D8 to sure. D10. Magic users, you know, well, magic users are shit anyway, but they're always going to be a D4. <laughs> but these go from D4 to D6. Clerics go from D6 to D8. Otherwise, the changes are so minimal. And if you are, here's the thing that we might be forgetting here. The vast majority of old school game masters or players have been playing for years or whether it's old school games that are clones or they've been playing the originals for years and they've been doing these conversions in their head or at the table for years. There's nothing yeah. new that's going to stump them. From, it, it, from Eric, you're pretty like much this. my age. So did, did this happen to you? Because this happened to me all the time. I would just pick up an adventure like this because my group mostly played first edition, right? We had no problem playing adventures like B5, Horror on the Hill, um, B4, The Lost City. I, I would just – I could make the, the changes in the fly in my head. Right. You know? So you go in a room – there's 16 zombies. Boom. So there's 16 zombies. That's that's not a that's you know, how is that hard to do? That's not. And so even right now, like if I run a Labyrinth Lord adventure, um, I I can do the conversions in my head. Like right now, I'll give you an example. Um, my group, as I've talked about before, we're, we're running through um uh Greg Gillespie's mega dungeon, um uh Highfell. We're doing it with second edition AD and D rules. Well, the game's written for Labyrinth Lord. The conversions are zero trouble, zero. I do a little preparation before games, like maybe an hour. I'll sit there and write out stats for stuff. I can do it all in my head. I don't need to refer to any books to do it or anything. Um, and so that's that's Labyrinth Lord to second edition. I have no problem doing it. Any, any of those editions of the game written before 2000 or retro clones written afterwards, you can do all the math, all the conversions right up here. You don't even and if and if you can't do it up there, literally an hour of an hour of just slipping through rule books, you can do it. So it's not that big an issue to just do what I would call generic OSR. And there's so many good systems out there. You know, I would hate to that I can't run any OSE modules because I don't have the OSE system. Or I, I can't run any first edition classic first edition adventures because I'm not playing first edition AD. &D. That, that, that's silly, you know, or I can't run Greg, Greg Gillespie's great mega dungeons because I don't play Labyrinth Lord or basic TV. Um, that just doesn't make any sense. And it, it's just not true. So, I, I mean, I, I guess the, the change is really more that we, we don't like change as, as, as <laughs> that's as, very as, much as, true. Yes. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Even when the change doesn't really affect anything, it's still the perception that there's a change. So, right. I mean, and, and I, um, I, I love the system. I love Swords of Wizardry as a system. I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't actually use that system because I, like I said, I, I'm more comfortable playing AD and D, either first or second edition. Right. When I run a con game, I love to use BX because I think BX is the best rule system ever for con games because you literally never have to look at the rules. I'm serious. You just, you just don't look at the rules. I mean, it's all very, very easy to do. Um, so we're, in a lot of ways, I'm already, I've been playing generic D and D for God knows how many years, you know, almost everything that I play, I can convert in my head to either first or second edition D and D with very little trouble. 
And that's what I usually do. You know, if I'm because I, I like I said, I, I don't run Swords and Wizardry, but I use Swords and Wizardry Adventures all the time. They're they're easy. To, they're super easy to convert. Well, I, I'm going to take a little exception. I think Swords and Wizardry Light is the best convention game of well, all. Well, that's time a good point. I will, I'll I'll give you that. Yeah, that that's probably. I, I will actually give you that. No, it really is. It really is good. But I I run when I run my B1 game every year. I, I use BX rules. Oh, and, God, yeah. At one point, we had looked in the rule. So of all the years I ran it, probably ten years. We looked in the rule book exactly twice, and I'll tell you why. One time, it was to find out the distance of a longbow, because I didn't have that written on the guy's sheet. Another time, it was to see a spell, because they found a scroll of fireball. They're only second-level players, or the mm-hmm. character's second level. They found a fireball, and they all, oh, what, what's the distance? Which I obviously I didn't have written down there, because they were second-level characters. And we looked at uh. that That's the only two times in 10 years we actually flipped through the red rule book or the basic DD rule book to find out information. Um, it's a great game, but yeah, Swords of Wizardry is even better than that. You don't even have to look up, you don't even have to look that up because you've only got five spells to choose from, pretty much. Um, so yeah, Swords of Wizardry is it light is a excellent, excellent con game. Uh, John, it's an interest. It's it's interesting, right? Look, should they be making uh, monsters for OSC because OSC is powerful? I I think you're again getting into the idea of uh, everybody needs a brand, and I think the overall right. brand is. And John, that was actually that was discussed. That was actually discussed. It's like, should we make more OSC modules instead of Swords of Wizardry? But the decision was more like, why? Like Eric said, why make? Why stick with any one brand when you can be all brands without very much trouble at all and and the problem and like eric said also we're very tribal you know if you want to see a, a an argument at a convention you you you, you bring up the, the point what's a better system uh beck me or first edition oh my god you that you will have a fist fight after in two hours <laughs> especially if, if alcohol oh, yeah. is involved because we're very tribal and we like to protect our territory and the people that play basic D you know, and they and they love the rules compendium and all that stuff. They will fight to the death. The guys that, that love Gygax's first and second edition D and D and all the extra stuff in there. And it, neither of them are wrong. They're they're both they're not wrong. Both are great systems, but they're interchangeable. They're virtually interchangeable. So I, I, again, um, sometimes I, I I I was not part of the conversation, although I did get to hear some of the conversation. And I think, as Mike says, we are very tribal. And I think we got to think uh, not as, as subsets because when you start dividing everything as a subset, you, you're going to lose out on other yes. subsets. We are old school gamers, right? We're mm-hmm. OSR gamers. It all falls within our wheelhouse. I used to run DCC RPG adventures using Swords and Wizardry rules. I would convert on the fly at the table. But I've been running games in the old school manner for years. It's natural for me to do so. I think for most of us, it's going to be natural to take the rule set that we feel comfortable with and the adventures that we enjoy and meld the two with minimal effort. We're not going to realize what little effort we're putting into it because we've been doing it for years anyway. But again, it's... It's changed, and we're being a little tribal already. Because, like, oh, I don't want to give up my Swords of Wizardry. I, I wrote Swords of Wizardry Light, and we put together uh, Swords of Wizardry Continual Light with the help of James Bond. Um, these are my these are my babies. They're not changing, you know. They're 
they're still out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do enjoy other old school games, Krypton things. I'm supposed to be right, running that. Probably I love Krypton things. Beginning, oh, of, I, beginning of next year. My old if game I had group. a chance, I, w- I would run a campaign of that. I, I read that rule set and I absolutely fell in love with it. I, I yeah. thought that was, and that's basically a Swords of Wizardry, a Swords of Wizardry clone. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a Swords of Wizardry base, but they just, you just say no, no, no demi humans. It's all humans. Here's your whatever six or seven classes. Uh, everything's evil. You're fighting against outer creatures that are really creepy and ugly and horrific. And it's, it's a very much a Conan even more than Hyperborea, even more than Jeff Talan's game, it's a very much a Conan-esque, you know, Clark Ashton Smith type game. So I, I, I'm a big fan of Crypts and Things. But once again, I, I could take any first edition adventure you, you you hand me and I could switch that to Crypts and Things in, you know, 15 minutes. You know, okay, there's just no dwarves or elves or, or gnomes or halflings. Okay, no problem. I can fix that. I, I can, you know, I can change that up. And, oh, wait, these, these monsters here, instead of being orcs, they're whatever creepy monster Crips and Things has, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's, that, that, that's one of the beauties, I think, of the OSR, is that it is so uh, adaptable. Um, and that's why probably why it survived as long as it has, because it's, I mean, and I'll give you an example, like third, third edition, which was a very, very well-regarded rule set. And obviously it led to Pathfinder, which, you know, made Paizo bazillions of dollars. It's not easily adaptable. I mean, you can't, I, if I, if you give me a third edition adventure and, and, and tell me to convert to one E, I have a little more trouble because you got these page long stat blocks that I've got to Whittle look down. at. It's, okay. What, what do I really need to know about this monster? It's really important to put this monster in an adventure and vice versa. It, when you take a first level adventure and oh, you want you to can't. convert to three, you cannot do it. Yeah, it's it's almost virtually impossible because the spells are different. Everything's just too different. Spells are different, monsters are different. You know, classes are just way too different. Um, but the one thing great about the OSR is that everything it all comes from the same root, right? There's this one tree that grew up, and all the branches came off it. And the tree is O D and D, and then you have all these branches off of it, and you know. Really, if you have talk about 3E, you almost really have this other tree over here. And for 5E, you got another tree over here. They don't really, uh, although 5E is very, I can read through a 5E module and I can convert that to 1E. Um, with, I mean, it takes a little more work, but it's not impossible to do. It's not as uh, heavy, but again, the reverse doesn't work. Again, you can convert between OSR and, uh, systems and it's easy. You try yeah. to convert from the OSR or one of the older systems upwards to 3E, 4E, 5E, you might just as well start from scratch. Right. But I, I, I um, like I said, I, this is just something we've all been doing anyway for years. It, it's it's now it's just time to come out and admit. And that, that, I think it's funny because if you look online, there's a lot of, I don't know, I don't know what the word for it is. There's a lot of infighting now among OSR groups because of the success of OSE. Because people that like OSE are very evangelistic about OSE, and they think it's the best OSR game out there. And they're right. honestly a lot of them are antagonistic. You know, why are you still playing BX? OSE's better. It's much better. It's the same damn game, but you know, it, it's just it, presented differently, right? And so there's a lot of people out there. I, I see a lot of BX groups that don't allow any discussion of OSC on their group because they don't. It, it's caused huge fights. They fight about it because, you know, and then because the OSC people are antagonistic, then the BX people get get upset and they try to defend their territory. 
I just don't know why we're having all these fights about this. I, I can understand a guy who plays first edition who was upset when third edition came out. Third edition is an entirely different game. It, yes, it uses the same terminology, but virtually everything in that game is different than first edition. What I don't understand is a first edition guy being all upset at OSE or yeah. vice versa, an OSE guy being all upset at BX people. You know, you guys need to be playing our game. How, how come you're playing? I've seen people actually say that. Why why are you BX guys still playing that? You need to be playing OSC. OSC needs to get more popular. And it would if you guys gave up that stupid BX game. Why should they have to? Well, we saw the argument with, 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 with 5e. You remember that stupid video? Uh -huh. with, oh, yeah. You should all be playing 5e. Oh, you're my God. OSR, yeah. You're taking money out of Why are you pocket? playing OSR games? You're ruining 5e. 5e is doing just fine. Don't yep. You're not going to ruin 5e by playing OSR game, but you see the same kind of infighting going on. I see, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a member of some BX groups. Uh, a lot of them have banned discussion of OSE. It's banned because it's caused so much strife. They get into so much fights about it. And now I don't belong to a lot of OSE groups, but I'm curious to see, I wonder if OSE groups have the same, you know, same thing that you can't talk about BX in their group because that causes a lot of strife. So. <laughs> well, after hearing, I'm serious, John. Go to some of those groups and look at some past posts, man. There's some really they get into it. And there was there was one point when there was a lot of people. Oh, we lost Eric again. There was one people. There was one part or point when a lot of the OSC people would go to these BX groups and basically start extolling the virtues of OSE. Exactly. Like uh. I said, to the point where they got banned because they're like, look, this is a BX group. And I know OSC is a, you know, offshoot of BX, but it's not BX. This is a BX only group, so we're going to have to ask you to take it, take it elsewhere. Um, I don't know what you know. I don't understand why that, you have to do that. And look, I'm the biggest guy. Twenty years ago, I'd argue with you because I remember getting into arguments about. I remember getting into arguments with Zach Smith about three E. Um, I've told Eric the story before. I've told the story before, but but we I got into it with Zach Smith online because. He was playing an old school D&D campaign using 3E. And I said, you can't play old school with 3E. It's just, it, it doesn't make any sense. And so I eventually came around to his way of thinking because he convinced me that old school is a, uh, it's a mindset, not a rule system. Okay. I think there's some truth to that. Uh, I, one of the first, only times I ever agreed with Zach Smith, um, it is more of a mindset than it is necessary rule system. But I think it's much harder to play old school D and D with a system like three E than it is with a system like one E. I just don't think it's built for it. Um, but if you have the right mindset, I think you could you could possibly do that. You know, and the same with five E. If you if you change some things up in five E, you could make it more old school. I, I I think the stuff like the healing surges and the 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 fact they try not to ever let you die <laughs> makes yeah. it harder. You know? Oh. Save, save first death. How many? Oh, I failed. Well, keep on saving. You'll, you'll, you'll get there soon. Yeah, enough. you'll hit it eventually. You'll be okay. You just, just keep saving. You're going to be a yeah. Old school essentials. That that was, they had a big Kickstarter last year or the year before. They actually have a Kickstarter. They have one going on now, or it's going to be going on next year. I, I don't. I think they have a new edition coming out. Um, it's the late. Basically, it's the latest, really pretty up version of basic D and D. It, it, right. it just, it, it looks really nice. One of the things it has going for it, it looks really, really nice. I've read through it. I'm not a super huge fan of it because, honestly, it's not different enough from BX that I just think, oh, that's really cool. 
I, I would just play BX if I was going to, or, or, or I'd play Beckney if I was going to play basic D&D. But I will admit what they've done is they have made an excellent presentation of the game. The books look nice. Um, they're arranged very well. Their layouts are, are really nice. Uh, they've done a really good job, the OSA, the OSE people. And, and, the, and they proved the people. Essentials. It was BX essential. So you right. know it's roots. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, they they just they proved that the OSR market's not a dead market. That they, they made a lot of money OSE. Um, so yeah. they proved that it is a viable market because there was a lot of people for quite a while. Um, there was somebody very famous that said that the Swords of Wizardry box set won't make over twenty thousand um, dollars. Bill Webb, and so <laughs> he was wrong. I mean, there's people out there that that enjoy old school games, and that's what OS, one of the good things that OSE did was. It made people realize there is, you know, there is an audience out there for this old school type of play. Yeah. And this is during 5e. This is when 5e is is popular, the most popular version of the game ever published ever. Well, we're we're, we're knocking on two hours with with my tech difficulties. I wasn't sure this was going to happen. <laughs> I had to carry the show, man. It's tough. It's tough being the hero. Sometimes it's really, you know, it's just tough being the hero. Sometimes. Mike, you do a great job being the hero. <laughs> the hero. Oh, you threw me off there. I can't. I'll, I'll be happy to get back home. We got. I got that kick-ass internet at the warehouse, and yeah, I got I don't my have side to screen. Worry about I got this. my. Yeah. I got my, my. My Verizon files, you know, as opposed to. Oh yeah, that's a really. This is actually pretty good internet here, but I have better, much better internet at the. Um, I'm gonna. I'm posting a link here. I'll, I'll post to Eric. So Eric could post you. This is the uh, link to the old school essentials. Um, uh, made two hundred ninety-one thousand dollars, which for an old school rule system is pretty fucking amazing. I mean, seriously, it really is. Yep. That, that's that is absolutely amazing that an old school uh, retro clone could basically make that much. But yeah, you might if you don't know about OSC, check it out. The books look beautiful. That's it. The layout's great. Um, they did. They did a good job, and I, I'm I'm happy for the people. Uh, but yeah, I I I've read through the books, and I just like yeah, I'll just play. I'll just play basic D&D. &D. All right, son of a bitch. I don't know. There's no space for me on my phone to post anything. <laughs> well, I can't comment in the. In uh, the to, I can't do it. That's all right. Go to Kickstarter and look up old school essentials, and you'll find the oh, wait, hold Kickstarter. On can, oh, wait, hold on. I think. Oh, no, man. Wait, I can post it. What am I talking about? I got it. I, can I got post it. it here in the. I can post it. Oh, no, let me do it. I got it. I got it. Boom. Got there it. we go. Yeah. Figure so that's it out. The, the, if you want to look at it, that there it is. And um, yeah, that's that. The, they do a good job of you know putting everything in in a really nice layout and a like like I said, good good artwork and you know, color books and all that stuff, you know, that, that they just didn't have back in the old days. So, yeah, I mean, listen, I own the old school essential stuff. It mm -hmm. is beautiful. I'm glad I own it. Um, am I going to run it at it a table? Up. Probably not. No. I got so many systems I can run. I'll probably stick with my wheelhouse, which is going to be Swords of Wizardry Light or Continual Light, because I can run either yeah. game without referring to the books. And that's really what it's about, right? You run the game system that you can run with minimal referencing of the books mm -hmm. and you run the adventures that are going to be the most fun for you and your group right regardless of system i've written and the great thing about uh, like about old uh social wizardry light is uh i i one day i took a bunch of the maps from that free map site we use 
Uh, yes. printed out about seven or eight of them, and I wrote three adventures in like three hours. It was, and they're all, I think they're all pretty fun little cool adventures. They, they will see the light of day in yes. 2022. Oh, that's right. We got pub crawls coming in 2022, yes. along with, the, yeah. So, um, yeah, they're, they're, it's really easy to write adventures for Swordsman's Relight and one of the easiest games to play you'll ever run across. And it's especially good if for kids, it's very easy for kids to, to pick it up. And it's great for people who have never played RPGs before. Yeah, um, it's very easy for them to pick up. So I, yeah, I highly recommend Swords of Misery Light, Swords of Misery Continue Light. So, Good stuff. Look at look at that. We're we're gonna hit the two the two two minute mark. <laughs> two hour mark. <sighs> two minutes. Oh, come on, totally man. We can we can bullshit longer than two minutes. My cell phone. But thank God my laptop works as a cell phone stand. Oh, there you go. Yeah, go figure. So, um, as we wrap this up, things to remember, OSR Christmas is going to probably kick off <gasps> this coming oh, weekend. Yeah. Look at tankcarstavern.com. I will mention it here on YouTube. We may do um, a giveaway that is... Uh, going to be centralized on the YouTube channel, but it's a bit harder. It's a lot easier to get people to just go to the blog, put up a comment, and get into the mix. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. It always is every year. I appreciate the oh, generosity yeah. of all the donors. Free stuff, man. Free stuff? You can get gifted. It costs you nothing. Um, other than that, again, Mike, Mike and I, are, we escaped for, in case of Mike, for a few weeks for me. A few days. Uh, next week, we will have our, our normal technology with us. So hopefully uh, yes. the problems are minimal. Um, yes. But, uh, hey, we're still in the midst of the world of COVID. It never ends, right? You think it's going to you know, end? It doesn't end. I'm not going to tell you, get vaxxed, don't get vaxxed. I'm not going to say uh, wear a mask, don't wear a mask. I'm going to say talk to a medical professional that knows your conditions your health history and make decisions with them based upon your unique situation all right we're all different um mike anything else you want to throw in before i close this out um oh wow you actually asked me to throw something in at the very end you never done well, that only two of us. Yeah, no, normally we're um out. no i uh we we got some great guests coming up at the end of the year and um uh, Gosh, and the way uh, when is Christmas this year? What day does it fall on? I believe it. You, you know? Oh, Saturday. Okay, we'll be yeah. So we'll have a show before Christmas this year. That'd be great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we we got some fun stuff coming up for the next few weeks. Um. Like I said, uh, Ken Spencer, Alice Pang. We'll find some people, other people. We're gonna we're gonna have fun. I, I want to have fun at the year end show. We always have a really good time at the last show of the year. We're gonna have fun again this year. So just stay tuned for December. We're gonna have some good stuff coming. Plug, 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 plug. John Miller. Mm -hmm. Is there gonna be any other earth shattering news? Um, I don't, uh, I don't know, man. Oh, actually, John, we're not necessarily parting ways with Swords of Wizardry. We'll still publish Swords of Wizardry stuff. It's just that we're probably going to lean more to this is compatible with Swords of Wizardry plus blah, 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 rather than right. just saying you can only use this with Swords of Wizardry. Um, other than that, no, that's I don't think that's that earth, earth shattering. It's, it's, um, you know, just something that happened. So it'd be earth shattering if, you know, if 
Zach and Matt Finch were getting married and moving to Guam and, you know, and they were going to start their own company. I'm ordained. I can, <laughs> I can do the ceremony. Now that would be shocking news. And they're, they're going to start their, you know, company and they're going to publish only fourth edition D and D that would be shocking news. Yeah. That uh, would be and, really. And Tom, uh, Tom Tullis uh, is going to join them to do miniatures for the company too, for their company. So that, that yeah. would be, that would be shocking, but no. Right. Ken Carr decides to turn into a 5e evangelist, and I'm gonna there we go. Turn, I, I'm gonna monetize by becoming 5e. It never happened, it never will, I'm, but that would be I'm shocking. gonna start writing exclusive modules for uh James Raggy, and they're gonna all have body parts in the title. Uh, oh, wait, that's already been parts. done. Never mind, I can't do that. Oh, it's too late. No, uh, no, too much. It's too much. Yeah, all right, folks, done. you asked the questions, you got the answers. Um, hey. More gaming is more better. We will be back next Wednesday, likely with a special guest. I will be back this Friday, I think, with Glenn Halstrom. And it, on, who was last? Uh, yeah, uh, Glenn this week. Joe had a, Joe couldn't do it last week. Yeah, right. Death in the family, I think. Death in the family is all over the place. Oh, or, or oh, I don't. Yeah, I think that's what it was. I don't really recall anymore. This has gotten out of control. Or maybe mm. I did do something last week. I don't, you know, what? I gotta look at my schedule and figure out what the hell I'm doing. Because <laughs> I'm on vacation. Somebody will, somebody will be in a show like Friday. There will be, vacation. there will be a person. There'll be a person like on the show Friday. Tomorrow, yeah, do we have show, chat tomorrow? There's a show Friday. There's a show Saturday chat, night. Discord chat tomorrow, or yesterday or nay. There's something like that. All right, folks. Discord I gotta like poke my finger at you because I gotta hit the end button. So it's nothing personal. Later. I'm not doing this. I could do that. But no, I'm doing this. All right, folks. Davis. <laughs>